He's trying to sell every line to you sincerely because that's what Tommy Wiseau tried to do. He yep. tried to do like an actual drama. You know what I mean? Tried oh, to... ha, ha, ha. What a story, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got get... Hello, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of Press Any Key. Tonight, we are talking Scream 6. Bob Odenkirk's remake of The Room. We got some DC news. There's a RoboCop video game coming out. And we're starting with some Star Wars movies cancellations. I am your host, Pat Naparano. With me, as always, is my co-host and engineer for tonight, Nick McFly. Give it up hey. for him. And special guest tonight, press any key regular at this point, honorary member. <laughs> Give it up from AJ for Genre Geeks, everyone. What oh. is going on, y'all? Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Hopefully, we my get a pleasure. whole episode this week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I saw Ryan did such a poor job. You guys had to find a way to cut his bit earlier. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I actually it's was telling. It's studio talk of, oh, we lost it. Like, oh, yeah. we, we mutually agreed. Nah, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. We, I, we axed it from the slate to save on our taxes. Exactly, exactly. You know, sometimes <laughs> that happens. Um, sometimes you shoot an entire production and then you nix it that way, you know. I'm not funny. doing this conversation again. You guys know how I feel. <laughs> Decisive. Uh, leadership. That's what they need. Anyway, um, also don't forget, um, down below you find a link to join our Discord. Click that shit. Go ahead, join. We have uh, a lot of new channels, a lot of new hangouts, no crazies, going absolutely nuts in other Discords. It is. And um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, yeah, AJ. So how you been living, man? How's Genre Geeks? What up? Good. uh, Kind of. We're trying to get back. We shot we just shot our first episode in a long time uh, last week with Ryan, funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, your your past guest. And we're going to be dropping that for at the time of recording. We're going to be dropping it tomorrow. We just we covered Creed 3. We're just trying to oh, ease nice. back into recording again. And so we went ahead and knocked one out with that. I'm sure it's a bit of ring rust, but hey, you know, it, just happy to finally be back. It's been like four or five months now. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys are back. You put on a good show. I like uh, I like coming on it. <laughs> yeah. I like what it we're does for me. It made me yeah. feel bad. Yeah. Your last episode, you're like, yeah, no, like everyone's being a guest on our show, and we're, no one's asking me. I'm like, dude, good. once I'm we get glad you back. feel bad. I I want all of them to feel bad. Well, because uh, truthfully, since we're talking about it, since you brought it up, there is I go to these like these podcasts, like hangouts, like Twitter Spaces and stuff, and there's all these people that are just like. Oh, I would love to guest and have guests and da, da, da. and it's like, all right, sick. Here's my information. I do this. We have over a hundred episodes, a full crew. Like, hit us up, right? Like, let's schedule something. And then it's either we don't hear for them or they completely ghost us. And it's just like, all right, what are what are we like? All right, never mind. I will just extend invites to the people that you know we've made friends with over the years. You know what I mean? There you go. There's That's no, the way to do it. there's zero point in trying to network with people that want nothing to do with you. It's one of those things where everybody wants nothing to do with you until they do. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good feeling. That's the best kind of victories. Then all of a sudden they they start circling back like, hey, remember when we? I'm like, no, nah, uh, you don't yeah, get to do that now. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the band that gets big and then the people that ignore them want tickets to the show. All of a sudden, you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that feeling, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> So, um, let's get started here tonight. Uh, Star Wars movies. Nick, yes. I know that you've been a big fan of all of Disney Star Wars. 
Um, that's that's one word for it. You know, you've oh, been a champion yeah. in their corner since Kathleen Kennedy announced the sequel trilogy. Um, <laughs> the uh, here's the other thing too is that I feel like we talk about Star Wars so much on this show that we are we're 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 beating a dead horse at this point. So mm-hmm. everybody knows I, at this point, like Disney Star Wars is extremely hit and miss, more miss than hit at this point. Very true. At least in our um our humble opinion. Um, but, uh, this was something I was not expecting to see. So apparently if you were to just look at the headline from variety, Kevin Feige's star Wars movie and Patty Jenkins star Wars movies have been shelved and Taika Waititi's film is still moving forward and he's looking to star in his own film, which no, 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 that's, that's what really scares me after Thor love and thunder. I, I just, I don't trust Taika anymore. And I was a big champion of his, like, Jojo Rabbit and, and the, the his first Thor outing. It's just so disappointing to see. It, it just, I don't know if I can trust him anymore. Well, that's the thing. I think an interesting quote from this article is, quote, whereas Disney Plus boasts a, ro- uh, boasts a robust fleet of live-action Star Wars series, three streamed in 2022 alone... <laughs> Not a single Star Wars movie has received a green light, let alone go into production. The earliest a film is scheduled to debut in theaters is December 2025, six years after the rise of Skywalker. And I gotta be honest, it's just a placeholder at this point. They're just keeping the they're keeping that window open in case they come up with something. Because truthfully, if they don't get cracking on a script and a story by December of this year. You know they're supposed you you're supposed to start filming at least a year before you open. You know at this point, so I I don't know what it could possibly be, but apparently, um, you know they they took Rogue Squadron off the um, they took Rogue Squadron off the the development cycle. But according mm-hmm. to Patty Jenkins, in December she said that she's still developing, but she doesn't know if it'll happen or not. You know what I mean? That's not. It's not. Let's not. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's not happening. It's not. No one's asking for it. <laughs> um. The what what was Feige's supposed to be? Do Feige, they just said he's got one. They just said oh, let no him, details. Let, yeah, let him do whatever. Because his whole thing was supposed to, they were supposed to do um something with General Thrawn. Thrawn. Thrawn yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. was that was the his rumor, name was yeah. thrown around. Um, but that's the thing is that I this doesn't um confirm if that's actually canned or not. If that, but this man has I think it's something like where what is it. 19 projects between the TV and the movie side of Marvel at this point for all the way through 2026. He ain't got time for a Star Wars movie. He barely has enough time it's for a step down. Let's be real. Like it's a it's beneath him at this point to do a Star Wars movie. Yeah, which is weird to say that there's something beneath Star Wars in Hollywood. I mean, not at this point. It would have been weird to say 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah, 10 years ago or not even further than that. Just Star Wars, you're not a Star Wars fan unless you hate Star Wars and so Star Wars has not put out <laughs> Yeah. Like you say, like more miss than hit. Like frankly, if it's a hit, it's a rarity at this point. Um, it's, also, it, the, Star Wars is kind of following the trajectory of of like horror movies, when you know like eighties slasher films were getting big and one caught fire. They're like, all right, we we'll just pump out a ton of sequels. And Star mm-hmm. Wars kind of had that sheen for a long time, where it's like this is legacy great. American cinema, and now that Disney's got their hands on it, it's it's just crank them out, and like like a horror franchise doesn't matter how good or bad it is, we just need more. 
Well, that's the thing is yeah. like they're they're always talking about. Uh, I feel like the the popular thing for um, film bros on Twitter to talk about now is: Are you experiencing MCU fatigue? Is there MCU <laughs> fatigue? Is it Marvel? No, we just want good shit. Like I'm, I'm, I will see every MCU movie in theaters on opening day. That's a promise. But I want good stuff. You know what I mean? And it's fucking mm. wild to me that Bob Iger gave that. Um, I think he had the investors call, and he said everything but, "Yeah, we make bad movies." You know what I mean? <laughs> like he did everything but say. And then he said, "Solo was a disappointment to us." So that's why we stayed away from spinoffs. No, the reason Solo was a fucking disappointment was because you shitted up the main timeline like six months before that. Like I don't whether you, I don't know what you feel about Solo or not, but as far as movie terms, it it was a fine summer blockbuster. It wasn't anything revolutionary or blow me away, but it was definitely better than the shit that we got. You know, Rise of Skywalker, um, Obi Wan series. And yeah. We're doing it again. Anyway, um, the one thing <laughs> that I think that I'm glad that they left out of the headline because, you know, 90% of people only read the headline of this article is mm -hmm. that as for Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah. The in-demand filmmaker has made no secret that he still wants to make the Star Wars movies he announced in 2017 before the release of the film The Last Jedi, which was the dumbest thing they could have done. Um yeah. And Kennedy has been clear that Lucasfilm still wants him to. However, I believe if you announce that Ryan Johnson is making Star Wars a Star Wars movie, you might as well just shutter up Lucasfilm for like five years and just just nobody go in the building. <laughs> like like it's just over at that point. You can't. The, I, the fan base hates him for the Star Wars um, universe. For but sure. Johnson's one way or the other. But apparently, like I said, it hasn't been a cancel an outright cancellation. Um, Johnson's immediate priorities the um, the Knives Out films. Um, he's doing poker face on Peacock. Those are going to keep him occupied for what they say is the foreseeable future. And like mm -hmm. I said, he's just, it's just, you, you can't, you can't bring him, you can't bring him back to star Wars. You just can't think I actually, I despised, uh, his, his movie eight. I despised it. Thought it was just a bad movie through and through, but I love Ryan Johnson as a director. I love looper. I Looper's love his out movies. straight up is, I think his best movie. I think it's one of the best time travel movies you know, besides like Back to the Future and stuff, like yeah. it's really, really I'm great. I'm glad you said so that. I think, yeah, <laughs> he's just—he's the wrong guy. I felt like for a franchise Star Wars movie like that, I think giving him a its own unique spinoff, whatever movie, I'm down for. Because again, I like him as a director. I just don't think he needs to handle I Skywalker's think, exactly. I think he needs to be literally put in a galaxy far, far away, like <laughs> <There you go. laughs> like away from the main timeline. You know yes. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we've talked about this a hundred times. If you're doing mainline sequels, you need your original recipe nostalgia. That's what we're there for. If you're doing a trilogy of like spinoffs, like with characters we don't know and everything, go ahead, subvert all the expectations you want. You know what I mean? You couldn't, but you shouldn't do that shit with Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so AJ, my question for you is what do you think about them make like trying to turn knives out into a franchise? <laughs> it's this, you'll notice patterns. <laughs> the look on his face. In this, it's disappointing because it's, it's indicative of, of Hollywood and where it's like, if it's successful, throw a franchise at it, which mm -hmm. I just can't stand. Just let, let a unique good thing exist. That's and then so wild. You're saying that because we're talking <laughs> about scream six later on. Exactly. Right. But in what well, we'll definitely, we'll get to what I'm about to say, but to uh, later when we talk about it, but it's, 
infuriating that they have to just make a giant franchise out of it. This is Knives Out was such a breath of fresh air when it dropped. And then the second they announced the sequel, I'm like, <laughs> so not only not only I that they announced the sequel, my guy, they bought the rights to two sequels for four hundred million dollars. And just to yeah. throw them up on streaming services, they put it out for a week in theaters and it mm -hmm. made like four or five hundred million. So, like, I don't know why Netflix doesn't do three theatrical releases at this point. You know what I, I mean? I, I, at this point, it's like there's so little quality content going directly to Netflix. I understand they want to have like when they had House of Cards and they were the name in streaming. Why not? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, as long as this franchise, the Knives Out franchise, stays as loosely tied as it is, like between yes. uh, the part one and part two, how there's like barely any crossover at all. Yeah. Just have that. Just have Daniel Craig be the only tie-in and like never even reference any of the other movies. Just sure. give him another sandbox to play in every time. It's like Godzilla movies, you know, just drop him in, you know, who knows if it connects to the last <laughs> who one. Who gives a know? crap? They're going to yeah, show who, up. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, can, can I get a better look at that hat, AJ? Dude, yeah, it was not, look at that. There's a little secret. Oh, King Ghidra and Godzilla that's, right there, that's too. That's yeah. sweet as hell. How much did that cost? My, <laughs> it was like 20 bucks. I just want to know. It like, like Boss a week is a ripoff. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So then um, we have so uh, Taika Watiti continues to work on his possible Star Wars feature. Let's, and he keep, would let's keep it possible. Most likely have a partner as well, similar to his prominence to his standout role in, the, uh, in an imaginary Adolf Hitler uh, in the 2019 Oscar winning feature, Jojo Rabbit. What a fall from grace. And although Lucasfilm has yet to officially confirm it, sources say the studio is committed to a Star Wars movie from director Charmin. I, I'm not even trying the, the Charmin, Charmin Bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the two-time Oscar winner documentary of Saving Face, A Girl in the River, The Prince of The Price of Forgiveness, uh, who made her live-action narrative debut with two episodes of the Miss Marvel Disney Plus show. Uh, Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt, uh, Britt Gibson were attached in October to write the movie. I uh, write the script for that movie. Uh, whether one of those films or some has yet to be announced lands in front of. Uh, the line has been fiercely guarded a secret at Lucasfilm, but sources say the studio will begin to unveil plans at a future Star Wars cinema at the Star Wars Celebration convention on the in London on the weekend of April 7th. Yeah, I like how they moved it out of the States because, you know, there'll be riots outside that building. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, once again, we still have the final season of Andor coming. They go on to mention the Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka, and then um, the Mandalorian, which... Boy, what a what a trip yeah. out the like, and then the yeah. second episode I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's even worse. But yeah, Dude, so uh, Carl Weathers, come on, bro, you're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, his acting is, he? is so terrible. In is it, he? Dude. He is so much better than that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is uh, this is kind of par for the course of Lucasfilm at this point, and um, I'm not gonna go over the whole business yeah, with no, Kathleen I Kennedy just again. Know, but AJ, do you think? Kathleen Kennedy is going to stay on Lucasfilm. You know, we'll say within the next two years, she'll be still on Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, yes. Star Wars, no. Because I think the same way we're talking about the pattern of franchising, when that Indiana Jones, whatever, 15 comes out, they're going to be, you're going to see a <laughs> whole spinoff series of that. We're going to get Disney Plus shows. Same. Well, yeah, Phoebe Waller, they, already, they already confirmed it. Phoebe Waller-Bridgers is getting her own Disney Plus series there after that movie. What about Shia yeah, LaBeouf? The movie that has not come out. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> 
Call of Shy, what's he up to? Plus spaces with something. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think really. she's done with Star Wars. She's just the wrong person for Star Wars, but I don't know, she'll probably still be around for Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, what a deb- I, I can't wait till we can get excited about Star Wars again. You know? Would yeah. you say just make Star a, Wars great again? I would say make Star Wars great again, Nick. You're right. I would say that. I haven't even watched Andor, dude. I'm so tapped out on Star Wars, dude. That's I'm I, I haven't watched it yet. I hear good things, and I just I just don't have it in me to start another you know leg of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I'm I can't. So I don't know if it, I could dude. do that either. You know what I mean? I'm just like, mm-hmm. it, I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, this is actually pretty good. But it's like, I can't give you my time anymore when you wasted so much of it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I, my allegiance is to one mega franchise, not two. Yeah. I, I just don't got the time. So Fair. speaking of franchises. Oh, God, that's going to be the theme of this fucking episode, isn't it? Well done, right? Yeah, yeah. When um, are you guys going to franchise uh, press any key? We're going to start seeing some spinoffs there. and When I can make this profitable, we'll talk about yeah. franchises. <laughs> right now, this hey, is just a money that, hole. That doesn't matter to Star Wars and Disney right now. <laughs> Losing Dude, money left and right. Yeah, give it another show. Right now, you're the leading contender for a press any key press spinoff. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much is Genre Geeks worth right now? How if I if I were to cut you a check, let's just say how much? <laughs> Probably a bag of coffee. This freaking point. <laughs> gotta get back. Oh, to dude, I got loads of coffee over here. We're good. So, if you want to go ahead and um, cut to my laptop, there, buddy boy. All right, give me one moment. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, so RoboCop, AJ. I'm sure we've never Hell talked yeah. about RoboCop, but I'm sure you fucking love RoboCop, right? A little bit. I uh, guest right. appeared on Ryan's podcast. I'd like a refund. And I requested a refund on the 2014 RoboCop. I'm a, I'm a RoboCop guy. Yeah, I reserve that RoboCop 2014 is secretly Samuel L. Jackson's best role because all they did was put him in a wig and in front of a green screen and he just shouts at the camera the entire time. And it's awesome. Uh, yeah. He can't see me. What? He can't see the, the OBS virtual camera's not on. Oh, what? Oh, there you go. How yeah. That? <laughs> um, so... Thankfully, in this age of AAA game, oh, there's two of me. How fun! Um, <laughs> in the age, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Leave it, leave it. Let's <laughs> oh, see if I can do this on the fly. Um, so, in the age of AAA gaming and licensing deals, of course, we're getting a RoboCop game, and I, I'm a huge fan of the original RoboCop movie. I'm sure you are too, AJ. Right, Nick? Are you oh, as yeah. well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, little fun fact I didn't know. They actually had enough movie and time enough movie. They had enough money and time to film everything but Alex Murphy's death. And they said that was the most like that's the most important part of the movie to the plot. However, um instead what they uh when they brought it to the producers, the producers actually went and scrounged up a couple more million of millions of dollars and told them go film that scene. Because without it, you're damn right. Like it's it's the craziest part of the like, when the hand explodes and everything. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'll just start playing this trailer here. Um, I can turn on the volume for this. We won't get claimed for this. It's so, fair use. We're yeah, on video games, but most studios they don't really like that. I realize since we don't have a um, since we don't have two monitors right now, uh, I can't read the notes I put. So I'm gonna go ahead and just spitball it off the top okay. of my head. Uh, so. Number one, this is releasing for Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC on September of this year. No exact launch date has been picked yet. The uh, 
It's a first-person, story-driven action game, obviously. And what I think it does really well, if this is the gameplay preview, is that a lot of people say it looks stilted and it looks stale and everything. But it's like, no, that's that's what this is supposed to be. Like, it's supposed to be the targeting and the gun and everything. Yeah, it's from the perspective of a robot. Yes. Is he a robot or a cyborg? You know, he's got the human face, but... uh, Uh, He's a cyborg. He's got, like, a piece of human... In him somewhere around the around the metal part. C- cyber cop would be cool. That's cool. Man. Time cop. He's half robot. Cop. All he's like half man, <laughs> half machine. All the cop. best time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The other thing uh, uh, is that Peter Weller is coming back to reprise what? his role as RoboCop. Uh, he does sound a little yeah. tired, but you know, I, I guess it just comes with age. Just getting tired. I mean, fuck, I'm tired right now. I'm tired all the time. He's probably he's probably tired of being RoboCop, but he, but fans love him. I love I love that the fact they brought him back. It wouldn't be the same without him. It, it, if watch RoboCop three, and you'll realize, yeah, the you need to have Peter Weller be RoboCop. You know what? He's not the guy in three. Isn't awful. He's not awful, he's not awful but it's but just, just not, not Peter Weller. Weller. Um. So uh. So yeah, this delves into the city, uh, the seedy underbelly of Detroit, Michigan in the 1980s. Like I said, Peter Weller is coming back to voice Alex Murphy. And on top of all of this, I don't know if there'll be any multiplayer element to this. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get a gauge on how do you think that game, because what I'm worried about is... Is that intro sequence like, is this going to be like uh, like payday in terms of it just drops you in on the level, you walk up to the building, do the Robocop? How big oh, do you think this game maybe, is be? maybe. I don't know. That's actually a good point. Like, you don't, I don't know what the scope and scale as far as like the story is concerned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I have to imagine that Ed 209 is going to be in it, right? Heck yeah. That'd be a cool multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody get Ed. <laughs> and then, uh, um, the machine gun arm attachment from three, right? That's got to be in it too. We got to get the big dumb ninja guy from part three. And then uh, what's the other one? Um, the jetpack. The jetpack's yeah, got to jet be in it too, three. right? So well, this does not bode. Are you, have you guys seen the other games that Taeon, the developers, have worked on? No. No, read them off to me. This is not great. Okay. They okay. do primarily franchise movies like video games. They have done. Let me pull out the, uh, all of them right here. Uh, they have done Rambo, the video game. From 2014. Okay. Off to a good start. They did. I think. Let me make sure this is not just pulling me up to similar things. Okay. I'm worried that this is actually pulling me up to just different games. But on their official website, the games that they brag about. Yep. Rambo the video game. Sick. Uh, is that it? Urban Trials. <laughs> that 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 biking. Oh, the Trials guys game. made this? Oh, Maybe. It says no, Urban Trials. I don't no, know if that's the right one. I had no sweat then. Uh, let me see. Um, Terminator Resistance. That came out in 2019. That's actually not a bad game, I've heard. Really? I've yeah. never touched it. So, I mean, that I want this game to be good, so hopefully it's good. But, I mean, other than that, that's the only... Main, Warlocks oh, versus damn, Shadows. Oh, damn, yo. These guys State. have been making a lot of fucking you say games. Warlocks versus Shadows? Warlocks versus Shadows. But the big one that they have on their thing that they brag about is Rensport. It's dude, a racing sim, I guess. Dude, they make a lot of fucking games. Oh my god, there's a lot. This is one of those studios that just pumps out shovelware. There you go. Um, they only have one page worth of braggable stuff, I guess. <laughs> one of them is Thirty in One Game Collection, Volume One. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, but listen, honestly, if there's, if I don't think there's anybody better to pick to make the act, the '80s action movie game, 
uh, if they made the Rambo game and they made the Terminator game. Terminator game I've heard is not awful. Um, well, that's good. And it's actually yeah. f- like as far as being like a Terminator sim, you know, like it's actually pr- quite accurate. Uh, as far as the Rambo game, uh, I see here that it's uh, generally unfavorable and that the main story can be completed in three and a half hours. So maybe we do have something to worry about. Uh, I just I need to know real scale. What is this game? Is, is it like open? Is open world too much to hope and wish for? The yeah, drive around. I would say open world's too much to to ask for. I yeah, I feel I like they would have put that out immediately. You know what I mean? I think it's gonna be a list: mission one, mission two, mission three. And RoboCop yeah. gets out of the car, you waltz up to the building, and then you do the RoboCop, which is fine too. Not every single game needs to be an open world or like a linear, straight through experience with a big, expansive world and like they hide level Fair. design. Beside, you know what I mean? I I, I totally like AJ. Are you saying like? Um, you, there's not even any connective tissue in between. It's just like mission one completed. And then like I mission think, two, I like everything, cause you'll it's get a, a cutscene of him getting out of the, the car. Yeah. Throw red foreman through this pane of glass. Yep, like, yep. you know, you get three stars. I, like, I mean, a, a part of me would be okay with that. If they, if they leaned into the replay, it's like really short chaptery and you get, you know, complete it in this amount of time you get whatever this achievement that's what i'm saying yeah encourage you to play the mission different ways almost like spec ops like in call of duty from back in the day yeah how about uh that could uh, be cool uh hitman kind of thing yeah no that works too yeah absolutely that could definitely fit within that framework i don't see why not either way uh the one thing i i am asking for is that this game not be full price it should not be full price. If that exactly if the most i'll pay for it is forty dollars you know what i mean like I'm exactly. not trying to buy a $60 half-assed robot, uh, RoboCop. There better game. be a shoot the dig off fatality as well. That's what there I'm better saying. Be a, yeah, like that's, that's the only requirement. You need I the have. Mo- you need the uh, the moments from the movies. I feel like you know exactly. you got to use the jetpack and burn the guy's ankles. Um, <laughs> you know you got to fire the guy and shoot the dude out of the out of the window. You know you stuff play like that. At 209 and try to get up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mini game. How do you think it's gonna work though with the? Uh, with the aiming, because RoboCop is his whole bit is he has aimbots because he's a freaking robot. How do you think that's going to work mechanically? Well, if you're playing on controller, I feel that's pretty accurate. You know, the aimbots there for you <laughs> <Sure>. anyway. <laughs> you just zoom in and it just headshots. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or uh, that's well, that's what we were talking about before. Is that like, I think like as far as a RoboCop sim, it looks practical, right? Like it yeah. looks the way it should. Like it's doing the auto aim for you. But I can't mm-hmm. imagine how people who like like first person shooters. You know what I mean? Like, I love Call of Duty and Bioshock. They're both first-person shooters, but they are very different games. You know what I mean? True. And it's like, where is that going to fit on the spectrum of first-person shooters? You know what I mean? Is it going to be more COD, or is it going to be more Bioshock? What would be interesting, and I I don't think they're going to do this. Camera's all blurry. Um, If, like, the thing that makes RoboCop interesting is that he's not just a mindless killing machine. He's a person in there. So if it was like uh, the whole game is auto aiming, but every decision you had to like choose morality wise, mm. like what do I do in this situation? Do I kill this bad guy? Do I, you know, like bring him in, you know, without hurting him? And that was the whole objective. It's not a shooting game at uh, all. And I kind of feel like um, I kind of feel like that's like the crux of like the character from yeah. the movies is like his whole thing is overriding the OCP programming. Right. Yep. You know? That'd be cool mechanically. If like, if playing the game, your your character, you know, RoboCop starts doing what you're not controlling it to do, and that's part of the whole yeah RoboCop aspect of it. 
I'm that's what I'm curious about is the like the mechanics of this, where it's trying to find the find the balance of thematically RoboCop, but fun video game to play. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering. I'm very curious. I'm gonna need to see like an actual playthrough playthrough, not just you know the series. Yeah, of I need to see somebody on the sticks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. real time. Like what's it like? You know. It's also gonna be indicative of how good it is once they start letting YouTubers and stuff do that. Because if they have faith in it, then they'll let it out, you know, a yeah. month or two early to let people start doing it. It's the whole screening for critics thing. You know, it's weird that we're talking about this. You know that that Spider-Man game for PS5 is coming out at the end of the year, and there's just no trailers for it. I th- that's genius. But They're do like, you why know the money? Do you know why it's there's no sell. trailers? Apparently, there was Marvel executives that went to the studio a few weeks ago, like just to check on the progress of the game, and it was like glowing. There, they couldn't. They the graphics were so good, they couldn't tell if they were watching cutscenes or gameplay. That's how okay. pristine and polished it is, right? But. PlayStation is tied up in this lawsuit with Xbox over the acquisition uh, acquisition of Activision, and they have to play like they have no money, so they cannot <laughs> drop a trailer that's about to like boost all of these pre-orders and all of this hype around their ecosystem and console while they're currently in court trying to be like, oh no, Xbox is taking Call of Duty from us. What are we going to do? Because apparently they're saying that Call of Duty funds their exclusives. What? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think God of War kind of speaks for itself. Are you talking about like with Sony doing that? or I, I don't know. Or yeah, I mean, well, well, I don't know. yeah, I mean, the whole thing is that call the Call of Duty fan, I mean, listen, the reality of the situation is that most people play Call of Duty on PlayStation. That's just the that's just the fan base that's um that has been built into that system. And on top of that, they have all the exclusive content, all of the partnerships and everything, right? So, um now that Xbox is trying to acquire the studio that acquired Call of Duty, um they they're trying to play like if you take that away from us, we're losing a, a a substantial part of our revenue, and you know, and now we can't fund our own games and everything. And my whole thing was, if you're relying on third party titles to fund your exclusives, that's a bad business strategy to begin with. You know what I mean? Like you sure. should not be like if those. I don't think those PlayStation exclusives are in the red because I mean, I think God of War is like what one of the top selling ones ever. Like especially the fastest, yeah. it's, it's close to like what six, six, seven, eight million now. That's 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 not in the shake stick act. You know what I mean? That's a big fucking deal in the gaming industry. Um, yeah, but the fact that they're relying on that to fund their first party titles is absolutely. I think that's wild. all legal talk. I think they they're aware of where where they are, and they're also aware of. I, I've I've been talking about this for like doing it for Avengers movies and stuff. Just don't drop a trailer. Just have, buy fifteen seconds of airtime with the words. Spider-Man to this date. I mean, like, don't show me anything because it's gonna sell. I'm gonna buy it. Don't show me anything because I'm I want to experience it the right way. So that that might be when I buy a Mac Daddy uh, version of Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man are like top tier games. I think that's a, a that'd be an interesting strategy. You're right. They they don't need marketing. We we're all already bought in. I feel like that's yeah. kind of like that's always the crux of our art of or I guess like a source of our pain too is how like they drop these trailers for games a year and a half, two years out. And it's just like, no, Mm -hmm. we're in the age of the internet. You don't need a fucking $20 million marketing budget. Like just put the game out. I mean, or rather announce it. I say three to six months before your release date. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what you should do. Or, and don't even announce it before it's gone gold. You know what I mean? So this way there's no crunch Dude, period fa- for, for devs and everything like that. 
my favorite thing in the world is during like E3 and stuff, whenever they show you a dope trailer and the guy's like, all right, it's available right now. And then everyone starts like scattering <laughs> and panicking. Like I, that nothing gets me more hype than that. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, yes, but also tr try getting Metroid remastered after that. Yeah, I, I fair. like I had to I had to serve. I got up one morning. I just happened to wake up at 6 a.m. just because cat related things. And I checked my phone and it said Best Buy has Metroid in stock like after an hour. And I got those two from Mike and I. I, I have his copy right over here. And um after that, they were sold out immediately after that. You know what I mean? It's like scalpers are just gobbling them up then because they're they're releasing them in drops as opposed to like having a, you know, take pre-orders or a ship date. You know, you're able to create enough stock to where like they put it in stores and scalpers can't grab them. You know what I mean? Well, I know GameStop's clamoring for them to announce the Spider-Man 5 stuff because, you know, that's the only thing that's going to keep their lights on at the end of the year. Yeah, I actually have a friend who works at GameStop, which is like kind of like not the cool thing to say when you're almost 30. That's you like, know? oh, I got a friend that works <laughs> yeah. at the soda fountain. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And he was telling me that not even they could pre-order the Zelda deluxe editions or whatever because... Dude, that's their job. <laughs> because um, it dropped... A, they shadow dropped it. Like, you can pre-order oh, this right man. now. And then, like, of course, they didn't even get their... Like, that's part of the perks of working at GameStop is being able to know when the street release date is, you know what I mean? Before it gets yeah. announced and being able to pre-order your own stuff. You got to spend your own money on it though. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get moving on here. Uh, DC news. We had some, we had some, we had some news from two different sides of the aisle of DC. We had some animation and we got some video game news, some good, some bad. So uh, who wants to, what do we want to do? Good news or bad news first? What, what are we feeling? I'm a bad news guy first kind of guy. And on a high note. Okay. All right. We'll go bad then first. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> That's, you're supposed to do the news at the end of the drum roll. <laughs> I don't think the news needs a drum roll. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> hey. Anyway, um, so Jason Schreier published an article on Bloomberg on March 9th, basically uh, stating that he, from inside sources of Rocksteady that Warner Brothers has delayed the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And pushing it from uh, May to a release date later this year. That means that... That, <laughs> that means next year. That means <laughs> next year. And um, it was supposed to come out last fall. And obviously they pushed it to 2023. So they didn't... Um, they requested a response. They requested um, a comment from Warner Brothers. They got no response. But basically... This is due to the criticism and the backlash of the live service elements such as purchasable cosmetics and the the requirement to play online always. Um, the delay is necessary mostly for, for bugs and improvement aspects of gameplay where they were lagging behind, but it won't overhaul much of the core gameplay that led to the backlash. Um, seeing as this would be the first game after Hogwarts Legacy, which moved more than 12 million copies in the first week of sales. Um, it's, um, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. because this game is cursed too. I know. And you know what, you know what the problem is, is that this is not, I mean, the guys who founded Rocksteady left Rocksteady because of this game. And now I see why. 
Like, yeah, they, it's true. just, this was not the game that they should have been making. And How ev- long have they been talking about this game? I think it's I like, like it's been talked about for like five years now. Well, I think, okay, so originally in 2017, it leaked that they were working on another DC project. And then Hogwarts Legacy leaked, and everyone thought it was that. But then when they announced like Portkey Games and Avalanche Studios and all that shit, um, they were like, okay, so what's Rocksteady working on? Orig- then they thought it was Superman, because that's what everybody wanted. We wanted a rocks like what they did for Batman. We wanted for Superman. Just do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then they they do a Justice League game, but instead you're killing the Justice League. I don't know. It's just a weird angle. You know what I mean? I also kind mm-hmm. of feel like this is this is kind of poorly timed. You know what I mean? Because if this had dropped when the Suicide Squad movie had come out or around it, I feel like the IP would have been you know a little bit more popular in the moment. So people would have paid more att- or not paid more attention to it, but it at least would have had more uh, hype around it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really think it has anything to do with the story elements or the characters. I just think it looks like garbage. And especially following yeah. up uh, Gotham Knights, nobody's fucking talking about that game anymore. Uh, that's true, that yeah. game was in and out in an instant. And now we have this. It just does Franchise, not look good. Baby. Some, somebody talked about how this game is nothing but shoot at the purple things. Yep. And if Dude, you go back, spot on. If you go back and look at the trailer, something I didn't even notice the first time is that there is nothing but purple glowing shit that they are shooting at the entire time. You know what I'm saying? That makes for good yeah. gameplay. I mean, th- that's the other thing yeah. too is that like it's part of the fun of playing a shooter is having something fun to shoot at. You know what I mean? And if it's nothing but just gelatinous orbs or guys with purple stuff on them like i you know what i mean i mean so for me right now with hogwarts legacy i always find myself when there's just like enemies out in the uh you know the open world i look for the dark wizards and the the uh dwarves or the uh dwarves dwarves uh not like i avoid the spiders the goblins thank you Uh, i avoid spiders i avoid the mongrels i'm like this isn't a fun battle i look for the fun and interesting enemies Sure. No, definitely. I get it. So, yeah, they said they want to add more polish, but absolutely has to do with the backlash. I mean, AJ, what, what are your, um, as far as live service games go, uh, isn't, don't you play Destiny? No, no, I did for like a minute back in the day, but no, I'm, I don't like games as a service games. I, I have so little time for things like between the movies, the comics, the podcasting, all that crap I do. I don't want to, I have a subscription service for a video game, basically, where it's like, I want to play this mission. Like, well, you got all this stuff you got to do. You want to buy all these cosmetics? You want to do all this? I'm like, I just want to play a narrative, man. You know, that's why I loved Arkham, the whole Arkham series. It was a video game. Yeah. No other extra crap. Charge 70 or $80 for the game and I'll buy it. I understand that games just aren't making the money they used to, but I'm sick of buying a battle pass for games. I'm sick of buying yeah. all this, 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 and that, which I get it. That might just be the boomer in me. Uh, maybe I'm just phasing <laughs> out of video games there. No, but dude, it's like, dude, you're absolutely just make correct. Make a good narrative just, Suicide Squad game, man. Well, that's the, you remember that's the whole thing is the problem with a lot of this has to do with the. I mean, this is gonna. I can't believe I'm about to say this on this show. It has to do with the structure of the economy. If you're not profitable, making more money year over year, then mm-hmm. you're not a prop. You're not a company worth investing in in the current structure of the American economy. And then so, the other thing too is like everything's moving towards subscription model. Well, that's that's every what I was getting facet to. Facet of our economy. You're is absolutely just like, right. We'll continuously pay us money every yep. single month. You're absolutely correct about that. And the other thing is just that like this whole idea of like making a one-off game is incredible. That is incredible, and like 
and moves you in certain ways and has incredible gameplay and graphics and performances and everything. Um, the reason why Sony has the stranglehold on that is because nobody else does it. And the problem with those games is that compared to something like Activision, who made... I, I keep... I, I cite this statistic, but re, it's probably more now, but it was sometime, I think, 2019, they made $2.1 billion in revenue alone from microtransactions. Wow. Like, that is fucking insane. You know what I yeah, mean? That's a lot. And, of course, that's going to incentivize them to push more and push more. Now, I think we successfully defeated loot boxes in gaming. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 had to be the sacrificial lamb yep. <laughs> to which uh, we had to... Because I think it was something like 2,700 hours to unlock just Luke if, without paying for it or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, that killed that game. <laughs> which, is which is not great because the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is actually okay. You know, I actually mm -hmm. li like when you're in the actual game, it's actually fun. Do you um, have any idea on like what the numbers are on people still playing that game today? Uh, let me just check real quick. Probably what, not high. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's an active community at all. I could just the problem. I can see it with the Suicide Squad as a theme where it's like, hey, you want Captain Boomerang? There's 2,000 people playing right now on Steam, but the all-time high on Steam was only 10k. Yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. it it did come out on Origin. Too, so I don't know if Origin has a chart system like Steam does that's publicly available, but I remember that game was not. I then that game moved like seven to eight million units when it first came out across all platforms. But the problem was sustainability. It was the star card shit. Once people realized that it was just like, I could play this game for fifteen hours, unlock a bunch of crates, and for just whatever reason, the guy who played for two hours, who he just happened to get better cards in his crates, are better than me. You know what I mean? Aren't, wasn't that related to the most disliked post in uh, Reddit? The history? most downvoted post in Reddit. Yeah, because it was just a bunch of corporate garbage. Because that one guy was like, well, I pre-ordered the $89 version, so can I cancel my pre-order because I'm not even getting a full game? Which he was more than correct <laughs> in that moment. And they just fed it's, him some bullshit. It's still number one. Yeah. To this day, it's still number one. Yeah, Good. That is something. All Good. hail the king. Good, dude. But, that yeah, company with, sucks. I really want the Suicide Squad game to succeed to a degree because I just I inherently like the Suicide Squad. But as far as like video game goes, I just think it's a mistake to go this route with the first of all, it's an Arkham game. There's a certain like tone with the Arkham series. Yes. And having switching it up like this is like why you're, you're it's clear you're just banking off the name to sell units. Yeah, and I absolutely find it um hilarious that that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to be the sacrificial lamb in which live service games die on. You know what I mean? Like first right. we had to, you know, we had to serve up Star Wars <laughs> about five years ago, and now we got to serve up Suicide Squad, which it could it's be worse. Be it could be Batman or Superman, game. you know. But dude, I swear to God, they saw the Avengers game come out, and they tried to shift Gotham Knights into something that it wasn't originally supposed to be, and now I think. My whole thing is I don't think this will be as bad as Gotham Knights because once again it is rock steady. You know what I mean? Like I I I Who have did Gotham Knights. Um, WB Montreal. Okay. I have faith in Rocksteady to produce like whatever version of a game that they're making or trying to make and like course correct right now. Um, I think that's going to be the best version of that game possible, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. You know what I mean? Like just. True. Rocksteady has put out too many good games 
and it's and not even good games like exceptional games you know uh i've said it on the show before batman arkham knight is cited as not only one of, not arkham knight arkham city cited as not only one of the not only the best licensed title ever made it's also cited as one of the best video games ever made it was my number one for years yeah where's it now it's a god it's a god of war probably number three it's a god of war 2018 to knock it down like it was that good to me what's number two Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, right. Damn, you 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 like you like the first I suckle one? the Kratos teat. Yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> you like the first one better than the second one? It's my type of scale. I like smaller scale narrative as opposed to like wide open video game. Is it they're different purposes and so I like I prefer more small scale intimate. All right. Well, speaking of small scale, um Amazon has acquired Batman Cape Crusader, which is the new um Batman animated series that was being developed for HBO Max but was removed not canceled but they moved for I don't get why they moved it um but they're they ordered it they ordered uh two seasons which if it's the people who are in charge of Invincible then they know what they're talking about you know what I mean because yeah. that is a go. great animated show um they had shopped it around to Netflix Apple Hulu but eventually Amazon was the one that won out this show is, is being written by executive producers are J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, who, of course, as we know, Matt Reeves um, was di uh, directed one of, if not the best Batman film ever, <laughs> ever made. Um, mm -hmm. And the series has Bruce Tim Abrams um, and Reeves also writing on the project. So, like, here's my thing. Why? Oh, they, they tried to monetize the content by selling it to third party. That That's exactly why. So I don't think it was ever indicative of the quality. You know what I mean? I think they knew they were sitting on a hit, and they were like, how much can we make off this crap? That's actually not a bad... And then, like, when it's done licensed there, they just move it back over to where uh, whatever whatever they're home. calling it. Max. They're yeah. going to bring it They'll back to on Max. Max. Exactly. There you go. That's how you start up in subscriptions. Yep. So apparently, as we said, the series is going to harken back to Bruce Timm's 1990s Batman the Animated Series, which stands as the benchmark for the Dark Knight's animated storytelling, which is true, and a lot of animated storytelling. I don't think there's truly really been... I mean, there's been a lot, and I haven't seen all of them, but I... Like, Batman the Animated Series is the only, like, animated series I'll High throw watermark. on. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's, it holds up. I'm watching it now with my son, and it's like... It holds up today. It's does incredible. he get it? Like, does he get like the? Not at all. But it's for me. I don't care. <laughs> okay. He's watching shapes on TV. <laughs> um, Ed Brubaker is among the creative team, and uh, Love and ran writer, and he's running the writers room and serves as Tim's right hand man. On the first episode is ten. Uh, the first season is ten episodes. Mm. Is is this completed already, or it's in the works? It was announced in May 2021. So I'm I, AJ. You'd know more than me on this. It's, I don't know exactly where, but if I'm just can't, I didn't realize Ed Rubaker was going to be involved. He's one of my favorite comic writers. He does like almost exclusively old noir type stories. Nice. So like one of his famous ones called Femme Fatale and stuff. He literally has a book called Noir. So between him and Matt Reeves, which you got the noir feeling from the Batman, mm -hmm. this is going to be a super stylish Batman series. I'm curious who is going to voice Batman. Do we have any info on that? Uh, I can tell you who it's not going to be. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think there's, you know, there's that's a pretty good point. So uh, didn't uh, Jensen Ackles, wasn't he voicing Batman at one point? No, he was Red Hood. Uh, um, okay. Why don't they get Roger Craig Smith? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm asking you, like, you're you're gonna go back to Matt Reeves and be like, why why don't they? (laughs) Roger Craig Smith played um, a young Batman in um, Arkham Origins a decade ago. He also voiced Robert Pattinson. Mm, I don't know. Weren't they talking about trying to like make the animated stuff connected? I guess this would be like Elseworlds. Well, that's what I'm reading right now. Is that um, that this is actually while this is factored into the ten year plan. It's actually kind of a blessing in disguise that they get to move it to some uh, to, to another um, streaming service or something outside, so it doesn't look like it's in the main. Right, it's nobody's going to you know? mix it up with everything else. Exactly. But Kevin Kevin Conroy is on IMDb, which you know Asterix is <laughs> casted as Batman, so it's going to have to be someone. Yo, you know, oh my god, dude! If now. we get one more animated, like, and the, that'll if make he's already recorded. That's what bit, I'm saying. If he already nice. recorded it, that'd be nice, but. Then they have to get Didn't an impersonator. Didn't they say that was Suicide Squad? That it's the final performance? Yeah, I but... Think, th- is that what I heard? Yeah, but they also said the final performance for Jared Jared Leto, oh my God, for Mark <laughs> Hamill's Joker was Arkham City, and then look who showed up in Arkham Knight. You know what I mean? They're sure. always like, this is the last time. This is the last one. Well, now it's, now it's kind of hard to lie about it. Though, yeah. with him. So <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Just wave a good script around and then bring him back. He's a force ghost. <laughs> that would be wild, but it, but microphones can't record can't record force oh, ghosts. Just get an EVP meter or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, Peter Well Peter Weller's probably my second or third favorite Batman voice. He did it for the uh, Batman Returns animated movies. He's r- really good with it. Wait, Batman Returns animated movies? Wait, the Dark Knight Returns. There was a. Uh, it's the whole. It's old man Batman, and then he fights Superman in part two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. With Robocop the, was that's was Batman. Right. He yeah, he great. was good. But we need like a younger. We need a, somebody who's more spry. You know what I mean? Because that's this whole thing is like the, uh, Ackles, the, or, sure. the origin. But Jansen Ackles, I don't think is very yeah. is very is. I don't think he's in that age range anymore. He's yeah. almost fifty. You know. Yeah, I'm so old. I don't know. Get some nobody. I don't care. Get True. some no name guy in a in a booth and just yeah he, yeah. Get the, the get the life. best guy for the part. That's what they should oh, do. Oh, uh, Justin Roiland might be a good choice. Okay, <laughs> all right. And with that, we are looking forward to Batman: Cape Crusader. Um, AJ, you like the room? I love the room. It's the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's great cinema. Um. So it came out that Bob Odenkirk is actually starring in a um a remake of The Room, which like why has nobody thought of this idea before? I, I didn't. Uh, one of the Frank like the Francos did. We more it. or less got one though with the nah, not the, the same, not the same, not the same. I'm um that was more like a uh, that was a retelling of the story of, the of how the yeah of the yeah, book Greg Sestero's book yeah not the movie. Um, so apparently as, as confirmed, Bob Odenkirk is playing Johnny in the remake. That's so good. And he said that he's playing it straight, like a real drama. And then he's trying to sell every line to you sincerely because that's what Tommy Wiseau tried to do. He yeah. tried to do like an actual drama. You know what I mean? Tried oh, to ha, ha, ha. What a story, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that as a drop now. I can't the, the, wait. It's so hilarious because when you watch that movie, you are just not prepared for the amount of sex scenes that are in. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's like mm-hmm. six full. Well, technically, there's scenes. only two sex scenes, and then they just play them over they, and over. Wait, again. really? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm pretty the, sure it's the like they're reusing footage a lot of the time. The actress di didn't want to do, I think, more than one. And then they, I think they talked her in two and she was like, I'm done. I'm That's not it. doing another one of these. What? I did it's not know that. It's a little gross. <laughs> I did not know that. Dude, the fucking me. You are my rose. You are my rose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't wait. We have I, room drops. Do you think it's gonna be? Do you think it's gonna be a shot for shot, or do you think they're gonna? I take I hope that it's gonna be a shot for shot. I, I kind of hope that it's not. I hope that they take the script and just reinterpret it, like like we said, in, in earnestly, and just try to do the the script again. Well, that's the thing is like I kind of feel all right. So one of the major criticisms of the disaster artist is that when they do um when they do the recreations of the scenes from the movie is that they overlooked the audio, how shitty the audio dub is yeah. in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the fans favorite parts is how awful the audio is. So that's what I'm saying here is that don't lose sight of what makes, what gives the room its charm. You know what I mean? It's obvious that it's dog shit. We all know it's dog shit, but the, it like it's the it's the, as you said, Nick, the high watermark for it's so bad it's good. You know what I mean? A part of me wants it to be <laughs> use the base of it, you know, the script and stuff, but actually make it like deliver on it. Cause like Johnny or like whatever's the time was I didn't know what he was doing with, you know, buying the two cam like the digital and the film yeah, yeah. camera, <laughs> doing all that. Ha the same stupid you know script but have it done really well i think would be just emphasizing how stupid it is because i don't i feel like it's almost like why remake this right if it's you know the joke is already there and i feel like it's to be a college humor bit if you could just do like oh it's bob odenkirk is tommy but to sit through like an hour of that I'd be like yeah. what is the i is i the think it, of this? do you i don't know if i envision bob odenkirk wearing like the long black hair wig or just i i'm, I'm assuming he's just gonna look like himself but you know what i mean I, I don't see them going through the length to recreate it shot for shot when it'd be so much more interesting for them to just do a big budget remake of the room do a spirit of like what we do remakes of today yeah so like when we remake a movie they're like okay well this is the 2023 remake of the room mm -hmm. and have Bob Odenkirk looking like Bob Odenkirk. But like, are we going to get rid of the, the CGI roof? You know what I mean? Like the green screen it's gonna roof. It's going to be worse. It's going to do the Mandalorian, alley. like domey, <laughs> whatever wall. Oh yeah. The volume. The volume. There you go. Yeah. The alley set and everything. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. They, they throw the football in the volume. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, I mean, look, I'll watch this for the novelty, but it's not exactly something like, Ooh, can't wait to see. You know, we haven't seen any promotional material. We haven't seen any trailers. It's just, all buzz and Bob Odenkirk himself just retweeted whatever the um whatever the leak was and he was just like this is true and I tried to sell every single line. So I, I don't know. I mean definitely I'm gonna absolutely check it out. I I'm a real big fan of the disaster artist movie. I think it's really funny and I think it's a well told story. So mm -hmm. I, I'm excited for I, more room material. I listened to the audiobook um and it's narrated by the author Greg Sestero. Uh, definitely awesome. worth checking out. Yeah, I've heard the books even way wilder it's, it's than the movie. Totally, so much better than the movie. The movie was good, but yeah. the book is great. All right. You ready, AJ? Let's do it. Okay. So we saw Scream 6 this weekend. Just AJ and I. Um, Together. Nick, yeah. uh, Nick was on his way, but then he sprung a leak in that boat on the <laughs> downstream. <laughs> I went to uh, see Chicago on Broadway. I thought that was what we were talking about this week. I saw that instead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. 
Um, so just starting off uh, box office numbers, Thursday night preview pulled in 5.7 million, which is a franchise, a franchise best Friday, another 20 million. Saturday was another 15 million. So basically a $45 million opening weekend. What's for our these budget guys. for this movie? Uh, 35 million, which I believe is up 10 million from the last one. Right. Looking it up. And then, um, right before I, uh, I, dude, I fell asleep before, um, and right before, right before I went down for my nap, um, <laughs> I saw uh, that it it's actually I think closer to seventy million now. So this is this is um this is what happens when you bring a franchise back, but you give it to fans and people who understand what makes the material work. Exactly. I and hear I, they're handing over scream to Kathleen Kennedy after this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Turns out she's a big Ghostface fan. Um, Scream Five had a budget of twenty-four million dollars. Okay, and I believe on its opening weekend it made that back like just immediately. And then overall, I think it did one hundred and forty, which is an, an incredible return on investment for a, uh, a slasher. Yeah, good for them. Well, you know, truthfully, that's the thing. Is like, what other slasher franchises are going on right now? None. It's barren. Like that's why they have Scream, a we'll strangle. This with the spoilers. Yeah, they uh, have. That's why Scream works. What about Pearl? Does she not count? Not a franchise. Well, actually, I can't even say not a it franchise. Is, no. <laughs> no, don't 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 answer that with sincerity because he didn't ask it. <laughs> I brought it up because I, I AJ, you were here for Pearl, right? The last time uh, yeah, you I covered Pearl with yeah, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AJ, uh, I'm gonna throw it off to you first. Non-spoiler. Sure. Go ahead and give me your general thoughts. I loved it. Loved it a lot. <laughs> I, had, I had minorly high expectations. I love Lamp. I part five so much. Yeah, but it was this was good. It's it's in the spirit of what you want want with Scream. Yes, and the reason why I feel like this works over say a which ignoring all the legality of Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, even this works because of the what you're getting with the screen, the whole tongue in cheek, the meta. It works perfectly today. So mm -hmm. it's. Exactly, it, the box office number speaks for itself. Not a perfect movie. I'm not gonna pretend like it is. There are a few. There's more than a few things that were. Pretty there are good. a couple things that when I was watching the movie, I was like, I love what I'm watching, but it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll which, definitely. But get once to that, again, but all in all, loved it. Yes. Um. So my whole thing is that, non-spoiler. I think the kills in this one are so brutal. Like even worse than the Dewey double knife kill in yeah the fifth one the last one i think the fifth the one with the homeboy from 13 reasons why or whatever on netflix got stabbed in the neck it was like a real slow push in his neck like which one that was probably the most brutal in scream five uh homeboy that the, the oh whole was like i he know was closing yeah. the door and there was yeah, nothing yeah, behind yeah, him. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know his exactly. death was slow, so like out of the like tone of all the other kids his mom like, was the cop in into four right tone. yeah yeah, they're yeah. like, let's make a whole movie where that's the low tone of the kills in the in the sequel. I feel like the writing and the characters in this one are especially strong, like way Great. stronger than the last one, and probably the strongest in the series since the first one. I think, like mm -hmm. you like you you know you like to see that in your franchise movies where they actually give a shit about you know putting together a good movie, and this goes back to um they gave it to the guys who were fans of Scream, like they wanted to make Scream movies because. Um, Samara Weaving has a nice cameo performance yeah. in the beginning of, and she's the first, 
kill the movie, I guess. It's the scream kill, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. You go into scream knowing that it's like yep. bring it on. Remember, yeah, it's every the, movie starts yeah. the same way. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's the first one. It's the one that kicks it off. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, they got her. And then I remember she starred in Ready or Not, which was their their first big major outing. You know what I mean? So yeah. um performances across the board are way better than five. Um, Jenna Ortega's role was beefed up to main player in this one, as opposed to just being a supporting character in the last one. Yeah. She wasn't in a hospital bed the whole movie. Yeah. And, uh, she's great. Um, um, Melissa Barrera. I know there's a, a rolling of the R in there for sure. Let's hear you try it. Barrera. Give, give it a more. Barrera. Barrera. Okay. Now yeah. I'm just, anyway. Get your inner hip hop in. You yeah. Can <laughs> All right. AJ, <laughs> I want to hear you say it. What was her first name again? <laughs> Melissa. Melissa Barrera. Yeah, see, bro, okay, he lives close to the border, though. Yeah, All right, that, what am I supposed to do? Go. That's why I wanted to show off. Okay. Yeah. Picked me up. Um, <laughs> I did not think that she was very good in the last one, but in this one, she stepped up her game. I thought she was yeah. excellent in this one. Um, I like this one way more than the fifth one up until the last 30 minutes. Yeah, the which last we'll, we'll talk about thirty minutes. The spoilers. The, the what I can yeah. say for that is the last thirty minutes are absolutely incredible. Like as far as like what I'm the execution of it all, the brutality of it, the actual action that's taking place on screen, and then, but the concepts, the premise for me, it, was it's awful. The reveal. the reveal is terrible. I Ooh. think I I think the reveal. Yeah, great. I didn't love the reveal in this one. And most scream movies, actually, all of them, the reveal is usually the best part. You know, like it's that's usually, the reason you're watching it. So yeah, you've done it. Um, so the meta humor and the themes I feel like are present in this one, but they're pulled back. You know what I mean? They're not as in your face as like five. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's sometimes that's mm-hmm. what that's what held five back. Like I remember I saw five with somebody who had never seen a scream movie up until that point. And even he was like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? And it made it less accessible for general for general audiences. Um, because I feel like that's what makes Scream so special is that if you're in on the joke, it's it's an enhanced experience where if you're just watching it for a slasher, murder mystery, whodunit, it still works on that level too. Yeah, and I mean, we, I, that's what Wes Craven's whole vision was with the first Scream. He's like, like slasher movies because of the 80s. Slasher movies are super formulaic, and we're all yelling the same thing. And it was the first time, like, like with the budget, that they went and just made fun of it to a degree. It was still a horror movie, but, like, what if these characters behaved as if they were in a horror movie? And here we are 30 years later, and we're still... It's, and they still the haven't learned. Scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's because, like, what's the current meta with horror movies? And they talked about that with Scream 5, bringing up the whole, like... What's that term of General Ortega's character called? Like the whole elevated horror. Elevated like horror. Baba Duke and uh, but also and get out and stuff. Legacy sequels. Um, exactly. Toxic fan bases. You know they heavily reference the last. I don't know Jedi what you're talking movie. about with toxic fan bases. Yeah, that exactly. Doesn't connect. <laughs> As I'm talking about the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's why Scream is always going to have a place in horrors because there's always something to say about the current state. Of but horror, some of which the this movie did well. Some of the other some of the things that um they talk about in this one that's very topical is misinformation and how it spreads yeah. on the internet, conspiracy theories. Um, like I said though, I feel like the meta part of this is pulled back 
like I feel like the the most that they did was like the franchise where they talk about how they're in a franchise now. You know what I mean? As opposed mm-hmm. to just being in like a a, a requel, right? That's what it is a the a sequel to the reboot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I don't know what else they did out. Like I can't figure it out, and you're better at picking up on this shit than yeah. me. So. It was you you nailed it though when they said it was more subtle than that. They didn't have to be like do the thing where like, and this is the part where the killer knocks down the door. Instead, they just like as we're watching it, we're all doing our and this is not spoiling, this is general horror movie stuff, where you're like, okay, the killer is here. Who's not present in this scene right now? Like it's things that we do naturally watching a horror movie of whodunits, watching uh, knives out and stuff. We're like, okay. This person was killed, so they're not the killer. Okay, this person was in this room with this person, so they're not the killer. Doing that type of thing done to like 11, where they play with that with you, where it's like, even the characters themselves are like, where were you? I was over here. No, I don't trust you. You stand over there, we stand over here. Like, it's, imagine yeah. two hours, because this is a longer one, two hours of people who have seen horror movies trying to figure out who the killer is. Dude, I was doing that this entire, like, this is the first screen movie that I was so invested in, like, well, I guess since the first one that I'm sitting there this the entire time being like, yo, I, I, like I have my money on. It has to be this person. It has to be the way they talk, everything they set up. There's this whole idea about legacy and what it means and like how you carry that legacy. And I, and like, I mean, we'll get to it in spoilers, but I think you know who I was expecting to be the killer because uh-huh. that was kind of the idea going in. And then when the reveal came, I feel like that the reveal even though like even though it wasn't who i was expecting had it been more tied into the premise and the themes of the movie i feel like i would have at least appreciated it more where as soon as it came i was like i was actually kind of disappointed i was like dude fucking really like but that's the the genius of this like what you mentioned with the subtlety of it is the second you think you figure it out at least in my head i'm like okay they they know they think that i have figured it out by now and so then it's like it's you're always second guessing yourself with this and so the second i'm like okay it is for sure this person they do something dramatic to say it is not that person that person is not the killer and it's i think that's just they nailed this was the most fun experience i've had watching a horror movie in a long time where i felt like i was the exact target audience of they're like you're probably expecting this thing to happen no not this time or you're gonna get mad at this character because they're gonna say something stupid miscommunication in horror movies is one of the most irritating tropes ever and uh, it's a minor, it's not a minor spoiler, it's a minor spoiler, but like there's a part where the character goes, hey, go away because you could be the killer. And the character goes, fair enough. Yeah. And like backs off. Yeah. That is, they've never done that in a horror movie ever. And so thank God they have finally done that. It's, I, you know, it, that's, that's the other thing too, is that I feel like those are good character moments too, because this movie sets up a conflict between the sisters in the beginning of the movie and you see it play out. You know what I mean? And it comes into play during the final scene of the mm-hmm. film. Um, and I really appreciated that because what other horror films like yeah. this have that type of character play? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. specifically, not, I mean, like, this. The Scream 5 is great. Don't get me wrong. And I really I like it, the yeah. reveal, you know, because that was one of those things where I couldn't figure out who the killers were the entire time. Scream 6, I think, is exceptional all the way up until the last 30 minutes. And it's not even that it's bad filmmaking. It's just it, was, it, it wasn't it was who I thought would be the the logical choice. And, like, 
I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and their whole thing is like, well, you're just mad that they got one over on you. It's like, no, 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 no. I've seen every Scream movie where they get one over on me. It's just they did not. I don't think they tied this yeah. one in as nicely. I'll be honest. I nailed it. And I'll, I'll tell you the exact scene that I nailed, I nailed it. <laughs> not to shit on you and everything you know, but I nailed it, bro. No, with uh, this movie, and that's what made me dislike it, is like, oh, that's that's not as fun. Like, But I've, I've been bamboozled by all the other Scream movies. This was mm. the first one that I drained from the X amount of time in the beginning of the, or at the top end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, that's disappointing that it was that this whole time. It was blatantly obvious and kind of sloppy. What did you think of the action? Like as far as like the kills and the action goes, I I loved it. This was so the good, most gory and vicious. They bragged about a new era of Ghostface, and they delivered on it. With yes, this one. yes, they did. Like God damn. Like <laughs> there are kills that happen where the kill is brutal enough, but then they add a little sprinkling of extra, specifically the, the girl who falls. Remember? Oh yeah, that was the. I'm like Holy they didn't have shit. to go that hard, and I loved it, dude. It was the, so brutal. The bodega scene where he steals the shotgun from the guy and just executes dude. him, and like they don't show you what his face looks like, but they show you everything around that, and like the splatter on the wall and everything. It's yeah, like dude. holy fuck. Well, like, just seeing like a John Wick scene with with freaking Ghostface. That's we've never seen that in a franchise. Yeah, before. I do love the consistency of throwing things at Ghostface or hitting him with shit. And I felt yeah. like this was the first time that he was an absolute animal the entire time. Like the last one was a callback to the old ones where it's like, there's always something to throw at Ghostface. There's always something yeah. to hit him with it. There's, you know what I mean? Run and, and throw the bookshelf behind you. Yeah. Not and <laughs> logic dictates, you know, and that was the joke is that logic dictates if you hit someone with a baseball bat that's trying to kill you and they fall on the floor, you keep hitting them with the baseball bat, right? Where yeah. I felt like this time they actually built in like plausible deniability why they wouldn't just turn around because most of the shit they hit him with that motherfucker just kept coming in this one. Like, you know, like yeah. I think Gail like throws a table at him at one point. Like she tries to trip him up with a bookcase or something. And he's just like, just keeps coming this motherfucker. Yeah. So I do like that. They, they, they really did turn up. Like they amped up the fucking, um, the brutality of it, and I did like the uh, the old switcheroo in the first kill, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they in a series built and integral with meta, they have still found a way to, as a horror fan, and you know, as yourself too. Like we, I live for this. I love this. They're still finding a way to make me laugh, make me kind of like cringe. I'm like, oh, that was brutal. They they nailed it. Now again, there are some. Speaking of that Courtney Cox scene, there's a number of moments in this movie where I'm like. Ugh. But actually, the biggest thing that I got to say about this was I feel like this is the first time that I'm like, you know what? Forget the old cast. This new cast, 100% through and through. Yeah, like I, am, actually, I don't care about Sydney anymore. Let's move on. I got a question for you. I thought they they settled with her. I thought they figured out something and that 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 Neve Campbell was coming back. I I didn't hear about Did you hear about this. I, no I think we might have talked about. about this. She got an offer to come back for, for Scream Six, and she was like, "This is insulting." She's like, "I'm the yeah. main character of these movies, and my her name being attached to these films is part of the reason why they made so much money because you always get to see Sydney come back." Um, and I agree. thought I thought they settled up with her though. I thought like truthfully, I, I remember reading that. They had come to an agreement and she was going to be in six. So the entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, when the fuck is Sydney showing up? You know what I mean? That's got to be jolting. Yeah. So like I when didn't, she didn't, didn't and that wasn't, that wasn't the disappointing part because like truthfully, yeah. the movie didn't need Sydney. 
in this That's sense. honestly, if the Courtney Cox is, uh, you know, she was in the trailer, her involvement held it back for me. And it was weird and awkward. That was a negative for me. I think this series has grown past the original cast, which may, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on everything they've done and accomplished. They helped build the foundation of this, but it's outgrown them. I mean, this yeah, it's, that it was stand on its own with a new cast. It was nice to see Gail, you know, don't get me wrong. Like it's nice that kind she's, of. um, it's nice that she's still a part of the, um, the franchise. And it was nice to see her actually get a really nice action scene where, you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to see the character growth in them too, where like, she's like, I'm not fucking around. Like I will shoot you right in the head. And she actually gives Ghostface a run for his money. Cause remember she fucks him yeah. up at one point and like, he gets that cheap shot in. Um, I, f I unfortunately feel, I agree. It's cool to see her back, but it kind of felt like the kid who graduated high school, but still kind of hung around the high school where we've gotten rid of <laughs> Sydney wasn't in the movie and David Arquette wasn't in uh, David Arquette, right? Yeah. What's his name. Yeah, yeah, he Dewey. wasn't in the well, movie. Dewey's dead. So, so. <laughs> yeah, but just having her was like, it felt weird just having the one person. It needed to be her and Sydney for me, or neither, because now it felt like, oh, she's just hanging on because she just really wants to be a part of the series. I don't think they gave Gail enough. I, I just I don't like Gail as the character that much. Well, that's so I guess what, that, that's probably the, a big reason but why. What I loved about seeing Gail is like that character progression of how like she's she's sharper and she's got her wits about her, but she's still a piece sure. of shit in the yeah. sense that like you know the whole like she like you know she writes another book and people are mad about the way that she writes about them because she does salacious things to sell books and then the funny part is is that I heard you couldn't even sell the movie rights to this one. You know what I mean? No, and. Man. And she and even then they throw another meta joke in there about how, well, it's all true crime limited series now. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. that even her that's a commentary on her character being like, you're the old horse at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, you got to let the young stallions out sometimes. <laughs> <Let> them, <laughs> um, Just a quick interruption. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won best animated picture at the Oscars. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's happening tonight. Good for him. I'm glad, you know. It's the year of Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> Just the good one. Just yes. the one good one. What did Disney one get nominated for? Nothing. Probably some Razzies. <laughs> Biggest piece of shit. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, if you were to give this a letter grade or, you know, no, what am I saying? A number grade. Actually, I finally figured out a system. You've, I've heard that from you Let's before. Go. I figured it out. Okay. So five, mediocre. Six is okay. Seven is good. Seven to eight is good. Uh, eight to nine is great. Nine to ten is excellent. And ten is phenomenal. And mm -hmm. then anything under that is, you know, you go right ahead. You know, abysmal. Just yeah, it's just varying point, degrees yeah. of shit, you know. Um, so if you were to give this, you know, one out of ten, what would you give it? The last one we gave it. The, la I, the last one I we gave. I we gave them. We gave the last one a ten. I watched our last episode. No, I did not give five a ten. Did I? I gave five a ten. I thought you and I gave five a ten. I would, I in hindsight, okay. Well, hindsight, I would, st I love it still. I still blindly love that. We're not blindly. I still like <laughs> sing the praises of that movie. I would give it still uh, part five, like an eight and a half, eight eight and a half. This one, I'm giving part nine. I loved it a ton. There, again, there are specific things I really didn't like that. If it would have nailed the reveal, as we talked about, it probably would be a nine and a half. We'll get into that, yeah. It knocked it down severely for me. I would give this one probably like, see, because everything's much better than the last one until the until the ending comes. And I feel, mm. and I don't want to trash it because the ending is like, it's 
like it, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth or anything like that. Um, but I, I just feel like if you miss the reveal on a scream movie, sometimes you you know you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, unintentionally. Sure. Um, I'd have to give this one like a seven out of ten, or you know wow. what? Yeah, yeah, probably because like it's the best seventy-five to eighty percent of a scream movie I've seen, and then the like I said, that ending. It's the execution of it is really well. The action's awesome. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I truthfully didn't know how, like, I was like, are these guys going to get out of this? Uh, because that was the whole thing there. That's the rule that they established that the, the, the cast, the main cast doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? They're also mm-hmm. on the chopping block as well. Um, but man, that reveal really soured my fucking taste, uh, for this movie. And maybe I'll warm up to it in a few years, but I have my reasons why. So you want to get into spoilers now and we'll crack this, the reveal Absolutely. wide open. All right. I want to get started on this because here's what I think. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I think the reveal in this movie totally trashes all the themes that they set up for the hour and 40 minutes that came before it. Because when they reveal who the killers are, it, it just turns into a revenge story as opposed to to tying in with the themes of horror and legacy. And I'll be completely honest. I thought it was going to be Stu Mocker the entire time. They even, they winked at you two about that too. I, I was know. hoping it would be Stu Mocker Dude, too. They literally, the first kill in yeah. the movie, he's wearing the original mask and he says, who gives a fuck about making the movie? I was like, that's that. Okay. We got, that's the tell. That's the tell well, right there. Like they could be setting it up further when they looked at the TV in that room and they were like, you know, that's the TV that killed Stu. And she was like, if you're one of the people that believe he's dead. Yeah, exactly. Cause well, they, they never caught him. Right. That's what they, that's like, that's the, yeah. that's the retcon. They well, never caught him. Well, Matthew Lillard was at a, I think a, con and a fan it's the annoying question i'm sure he's asked all the time a fan recorded themselves asking him are you going to be in scream six and he goes i would love to be he's like they're shooting it right now and i'm here signing autographs if that tells you anything so i he's playful i think they might be saving that bullet for him like as like maybe part seven or eight or something well yeah i hope i hope fans demand i'm hoping seven is where they bring him back because i've already heard that that paramount wants seven shooting by october so and they better lock in Jenna Ortega. That's my thing. They better dude, lock they in better Jenna lock in. She is fucking on fire right now. But the other thing is that if these were bad movies, you know what I mean? I don't think she'd stick around, but they're good movies and fans like seeing her. They they've they've accepted her into the scream, you know, uh, She's lore. Our scream queen. Exactly. The, the exactly. Moment, yeah. Um, But man, dude, when they when they revealed so like Didn't she just get a. It's official now. She's doing uh, Beetlejuice too. I don't know if it's official I've yet. Heard talk but, about but her but and it's, Michael Keaton. I heard it's um. I don't, I'm not sure if it's exactly official yet, but it, it's one of those things where they're going back and forth because she probably wants a lot of money. You know what I mean? Sure. Like she should. If she should get, they she should, should throw a dump truck of money <laughs> yeah, at her. Back that shit <laughs> yeah. up right to her house. <laughs> um. Recap the reveal for us because I'll mess something up. So go ahead yeah. and recap the reveal. So the reveal is that the there were. That the first time in Scream history, we have three killers, not two, not one, but three. And it is the father, son, uh, brother, and sister of Richie, the killer, one of the killers in part five, a uh, homeboy from uh, the boys. Jack Quaid. There you go. Yeah, Dennis Quaid's baby boy. So like that Jack was, uh, yeah, that, that was our reveal here. And that it was the dirty cop all along. And they, they did some fun things, admittedly, with it. You know, having the whole, what's her name, nailing the, like, your ghost face the, to the, other guy, I forgot his name. This other, the brother. Yeah. Talking about, I can't yeah. No. 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 I know what you're saying. But yeah, that's the big reveal, and then they, uh, 
they get killed by by uh, our new characters here and all that. But that oh, dude, and like you, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like it feels like it. It's not. It's not about legacy characters anymore. It's not about misinformation, conspiracy theories anymore. It's all about because remember the last one was like fan outrage and vitriol from like toxic fan bases. That seems super toxic and topical, yeah. Yeah, and the and the the characters in in the last one, they while they're going after the to kill the cast of the the last movie they're talking about those things the entire time you know what i mean how this was a disappointment how i'm not gonna be the disappointment i'll make the best reboot of a. you know what i mean like yeah um because that's the whole underlying theme is psychos inspiring other psychos you know what i mean and how yeah. ridiculous of a concept that these people like what's her name even said like you're not afraid of being at a party anymore and it's just like i think about it like getting struck by lightning it's not ever yeah. going to happen twice in the same place um and yeah i just felt like this one was just the reveal came it's like are you fucking kidding me like this is what we're doing like we're doing well, a shitty yeah, revenge tale like we're we're avenging well, the guy for, and like listen i get it number 2 was kind of the it's exact same thing it was uh What's her face's uh, what's his face's mom? Billy uh, Loomis's mom. But the thing Billy Loomis, thank you. Yeah, but that Billy was Loomis the whole thing with with that movie was like the whole um the revenge arc of like the parent or you know, like almost like Mrs. Voorhees or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that was the whole they already did the revenge arc, you know what I mean? Well, that's part of that's the only slight justification I can hear is like that's in line with Scream. It's like you're doing the you've remade part one. So now you're doing part two, which is going to set up the rules, I'm sure, for part seven, where it's like, this is the new trilogy, whatever rules. So what happened in the third stab? And then they're like, oh, that was that trash one where uh, Silent Bob and whatever Jay were, uh, were in. <laughs> that's it. their names. Like, yeah, you oh, got yeah. it right. <laughs> but, yeah. Jay and Silent like, Bob were in Scream? I feel like that's the, what is it? I can't recall. They, they were in Scream? Oh, it's hard canon. The universes are intertwined. Yeah, I did not 3. know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of bad, actually. But it, the point is, though, I agree. I think it it was uh, it was disappointing was the big thing. It just didn't match the themes of what was setting up for this. And I knew it was the d dirty cop dad from the second they sh he showed up at the therapist's house. I'm like, you literally the scene before that was them at there was like a what's her name's at the at the cop at the, the police station going like, where were you? She's like, I was at my therapist's. You can call him right now. The next, he was the only person who knew she was at a therapist. The next scene is that therapist getting killed. I'm like, that seems sloppy that they would do that. So I immediately had my eyes on him. And then the second they were like, look at all of this, uh, merch, like evidence and stuff. And I'm like, okay, dirty cop got all the evidence where it's like, that seems so like stupidly obvious as I was watching it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not that smart. So I was uh like I said I like to I like to let the I like to let the movie, you know, uh drag me along and like play into everything. But man, I I could have sworn like when they and maybe that was the misdirect to make you think that it's stupid. That's what I was hoping initially. You know, like that and and like remember when they did the when the dad reveals he's the killer and then the son takes off his mask, right? And he's like, "You're right. I did juke the lottery." I was like, mm -hmm. okay, who's the third one? I was like, please tell me they're in bed with Stu. 
Please tell me they're in also, bed with Stu. They were dragging that out. I they know. Were like, I was now like, take off your mask. Yeah, exactly. And then the, and it's just like, oh, it's the roommate. And I was like, God damn it! Like, if come it on. If it would have been Stu, then it would. I would have been forgiven all of it because then it would have been like he manipulated them. Still have it be you know Richie's dad and brother, but then have it be like him manipulating it and then tying it into the franchise and legacy. That would have been so perfect because at that point i would have given up that it was that it was Stu. i'm like it's that's not gonna be Stu. and then when they did it it would have done a positive pop uh, what about the line i forgot too the line after they he discovers his dead daughter air quotes and then he's like he talks to the main character because if you mess with my family you die you fucking I'm like, die oh so he's just no one else is gonna uh, acknowledge that <laughs> yeah yeah actually now that you say it, that is also kind of the tell you know what i mean and but you, that's kind you, of the yeah. thing with all the characters they all say some really crazy shit like you know like they drop a line here and there it's like maybe it's him maybe it's him um, I kind of had an inclination that maybe the, 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 the friend, the brother was in on it in the subway. Cause you remember okay. the scene, which by the way, like a class tension building in that scene with all the different exactly. ghost faces and everything in the subway, all the cool horror nods and Easter eggs and stuff. Oh, dude, I actually have a list of that. I have a list of that stuff that we can go oh, over. Great. Um, so yeah, my whole issue with the with this movie is the ending of it, and that I agree. and um, it's I just I just couldn't believe that it was like, man, fucking, this is what we're doing. But I'm glad that it's not like if they're doing. Listen, I know that they're doing a Scream Seven at this point. Like they they they've already made their money back. They've made the budget back on this movie. It's gonna do gangbusters because not only the fans like it. Critics like it. General audiences seem to be accepting it as well. It's a fun night out at the movies um, to, you know, go see a fun slasher if you're not into any of the meta commentary. Like I said, they dial that back. So this one I feel is more accessible to general audiences. Um, I'm hoping for part eight or part seven that that it's due. Like, that's what I'm hoping for. And I will pretend that it's not the entire time and be shocked when they reveal it. Well, that's why I feel like it takes, this is specific, I feel like so, it's so hard to write a good Scream movie because when you write the script, you're like, we have to write this with the knowledge that the audiences know that we're trying to make a Scream movie. So it can't just be direct. It has to be some kind of a twist, but they're expecting a twist. So how do we do, it's like a Saw movie where you have to have some kind of, some kind of extra layer overarching the whole story. So I hope Stu is involved. I would love for him to, like, everyone's like, oh, it's totally going to be freaking Stu. Even have, like, in real life, have Matthew Lillard on talk show stuff being like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll be in the movie, and then have him be the first death or something in it. Have it be I, some kind of big thing. That's not bad. I think, though, if they're going to, if they're doing the whole, like, mimicking the original trilogy with this new trilogy, you know, they rhyme. You know, <laughs> they, like just like the Star Wars, right, Nick? They there run. you go. Yeah, it's all circular, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all circular. That's right. It's the ring cycle. If they're going to do that, um, if they're going to bring, if they're mirroring the first trilogy with this new trilogy, the third one is one killer. Yeah, it has the third one is one killer, and it was in the third movie. It was Sydney's brother, Roman, whatever brother. the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Whatever her it, name it was Scream Three is awful. Let's not. I, yeah, I love it's Scream. not great. Scream 3 is the worst one, but it's it's definitely the worst one of the bunch. Um, what do you think of the whole uh, "I'm the good serial killer" thing that's going on, like subtext? Yeah. Because like that's that's um Sam's uh. That's the thing that makes her character interesting is that she's Billy Loomis's daughter who is who was Apparently one of serial killer dumb is hereditary. Yeah. And like his ghost is constantly talking to her 
throughout the entire happy. He, he, movie. He's still getting fed. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still putting dinner on the table at his house, okay? And I, I like the idea that she's not going to therapy because she's traumatized by the events of the first scream. She's going to therapy because she's like, I stabbed uh, Jack 22 times and then slit his throat, and I'm here because it felt good. Like, I enjoyed doing that. And I was like, all right, sick. That's I like where this is going. Good for and, her going the, the right channels. And then us. they <laughs> never talk about it. Like, they do, like, kind of here and there with, like, remember, get a weapon, protect yourself, you know, get... You know, you know what you can do. And she's always the first one to be like, I'm fucking killing somebody like it. Like I will be yeah. taking a life tonight. And then um, she kind of kills the brother. Right. Because Jenna Ortega stabs the brother in the mouth and then they drop the TV on him. Just like the way yeah. same way this, with the same TV that Stu died from. Mm-hmm. Um, She shoots the sister in the head. Yes. And then, dude, she fucks up that cop. Like, because yeah. he had a Kevlar vest on, so she just starts stabbing him in the fucking arms, Freak like, arms all and up stuff? and down Dude, his arms and his sides and everything. And then he's like, Is she, what did she say? She said, I'm no killer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And then General Ortega's like, hey, you should probably. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and yeah. She freaking. <laughs> and, and that like, thing was like the eyeball or something. Like, yeah, right, through the brutal. eye right into the brain. And it was just, and, and General Ortega's character's like, Nice. I was like, yeah, I kind of wanted Jenna Ortega's character to be like that. Nod was not. Yeah, you just read exactly. the nod. Yeah, I was pr- yeah. that was, I'm proud of you, nod. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh fuck, you shouldn't have done that. You know? Like that's that's what I was I hoping was not from a that. Good decision to not kill him. I did not mean like that would have been perfect for me. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. I think I want Stu. We all want the fan base wants Stu back. Just bring him back. Yeah, just and I don't want to be like one of these guys that's like, oh, just make the movie off of a Reddit checklist because that's what yeah. happened with Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and true. we all see how that turned out. But I also think there was other but uh, other extenuating circumstances that, that led to that. But my whole thing with this specifically is that Scream is now a franchise that is helmed by the fans for the fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not... And it, it's such a popular IP, and we know that it's doing well, and it because it's made well, that I don't think that they need to go to the well of fans, you know what I mean? But it's also propped up by the fans, you know what I mean? You get what I'm trying to say here? Like, No, I totally get what you're saying, dude. It's And that's why Scream is it's unique, and it's something that I feel like will work well with... Everything is meta nowadays. Everything is always a wink and a nod, and that's why... It's certain things are just nauseating and stuff to, to deal with because like nothing can just exist on its own anymore. So this, go no, keep going. Actually, no, I don't want to cut you off. No, go, go. No, it's fine. It's like, but this this series is able to because it's fans by fans. We know we're it's a direct line of like I've been watching Scream the directors. You know, I've been watching Scream movies since '96. These are the things I've always wanted to see in a Scream movie. Have not gotten to see in a Scream movie, and I and plus they're because they're still you know they're younger guys. They have their finger on the pulse of current horror and not just horror like regular uh normal cinema nowadays yeah i mean bringing up the whole legacy sequel things yeah i mean we saw them take a crack at what was good horror at the time uh when ready or not came out like that that took exactly everybody like no nick you haven't we i think we've talked about this you haven't seen ready or not Anya taylor joy no it's samara weaving okay uh, she's a note. God bless her and her genes. Her dad. Freaking, I didn't know her dad was Hugo Weaving. Oh, oh, I didn't know that no either. Shit. I thought it was a coincidence. And yeah, that's his freaking daughter. Oh, well, I can see why she's so good. You should absolutely check out Ready or check Not. It out. It's, I, that's the one great. where they're in the like the big mansion. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, check it out. And um, 
So none, anything we're talking, none of this it piques your interest at all. Like I feel like, I mean, yeah, but I have a lot of homework to do before I watch it. Oh so. no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, my whole thing is like start at the first one. Like if you watch the yeah. first one and you like, which I still think the first one holds up as not only a meta commentary on slasher films at the time, but even just a good whodunit murder mystery. You know what I mean? You don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause I watched that movie for years as a kid, not knowing that it's this commentary on what's going on. And I also am of the belief that in a lot of, I get, I catch a lot of shit for this. I don't think the scream movies are that meta. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Like, they, sure. I think that they have lots of commentary on, and they do a good job of like comedically, commentating on the tropes of films but the whole idea of like the they know that they're in a horror movie i just don't buy the whole That's actually po- a good point the whole point of um what's his face in the first one um randy's character he's yeah. the point of view for the horror film he's a horror film obsessed guy who works at a video store who's friends with the guys who are killing people so they're taking all of their cues from him. You know what I mean? He's the one who's like, guys, we're living in a horror movie right now. It's not like the characters are self-aware that they're in a movie, right. like Deadpool. You know what I mean? So yes, that's why that's I very true. So that's why I say, like, I, I, I had this one friend who um he was always bitching him. He's like, Scream so meta. Scream is just the most meta. I was like, it really isn't. I feel like that's just it has enough of it to where you can point to it and say, look at the meta commentary on, on our, but it's really not that the characters are aware that they are in the medium the of the film. The text is meta. Yeah. The characters are not. Exactly. That's and super well and put. And that's why it's, um, man, if somebody who's never seen these, that's actually very well put. <laughs> um, and yeah. I feel like um, that's what makes these movies so special is because it is commentating on these things, but the characters and the stories are written to be so sincere and actually three-dimensional and well thought out. Uh, that doesn't always come through in the execution of the movie because you know how things change in the edit. Um, yeah. But overall, I still think this is the... If you liked Five, you're going to like this one for sure. What if you like sure. pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? Um, I don't know the lyric after that, so I can't follow yeah. that up with. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't like Scream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a rainy day. Probably, you got pina coladas. <laughs> By the way, Weaving is Smart Weavy's uncle. I wanted to make uh, sure I. Oh, okay. Right. It's her uncle, not her papa. But regardless, <laughs> of the papa. Yeah, but no, I think you nailed it though. It's I think the term back in the day before we started using meta for everything was tongue in cheek, which is what yeah. those screen movies are, where they do. You have the the most meta the movies ever really get are the rule breakdown scenes. Yeah. When Jamie Kennedy's like, if this is a horror movie, there are three <sighs> rules, and honestly, a lot of the rules tend to suck. Let's be real. Like if you, the one of the most egregious was I think Scream Four, where one of the rules is like if you're gay, you can like you can be killed or something like that. They're like if you're some kind of weird thing like about that, you could be killed. I'm like, or when was that ever established in any horror movie ever? It's one of the yeah. few times like it was like a dumb rule. Uh, well, that was when uh, Wes Craven was still. What well, that was when was Wes Craven, which yeah. bless you know, yeah, bless him, but he's an old man out of touch. Did he's Kevin Williamson write this one? Or is it just, or is it just Radio Silence that's doing the writing and directing? I uh, could not tell you because I know Kevin Williamson, he executive produced this film. He's but, produced all of them. Yes, I but I but specifically he used to write. Okay, so he did write. Oh no no no, he didn't write Scream Six, 
but he's credited as a writer because it's based on characters that he there created. He yeah, it's one of there those weird things. It's like based on a screenplay by J.K. Rowling. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, before we move on here, I do actually have a question for you. What did you think of Kirby's return? I, I I liked it. Kirby, I loved Kirby in in Scream Four, and the fans when they did a little Easter egg in Scream Five that she was alive because, as far as we were concerned, she died. Every, the fan Reddit blew up with that, so I love that they included her. I like that they made her a cop because it comes. It's a little cliche at this point. I don't know mm -hmm. why. I can't. I don't we know. We need if I can some cop propaganda in these movies. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, like okay, she's a she's a survivor. She's tough. Where it's like that's always been the thing, or it's becoming the thing now, but. I liked it. I liked. I, I. I am happy that they did not make her the killer because when they did make her the killer for a second, I was like, "Oh, okay." This. Yeah, I was like, once again, worse. fucking lame. Somehow worse, and that was also one of those, one of those things where they try to throw you off the scent, but there was no evidence built up beforehand. You know what I mean? Where like, um, just recently yeah. I saw Sweeney Todd on Broadway. And when you know the ending of that show, all of the writing is elevated because there's a bunch of drops and tells throughout the entire thing. You're looking at that, certain characters Exactly. Yeah. When you're looking at it through a different light and it kind of elevates the storytelling where I felt like specifically for that moment, I was like, there was nothing to indicate this beforehand. You know what I mean? There was nothing to, yeah. you know, because they would have had to gone through several levels of checks and like, you know what I mean? Of yeah. like speaking with her home office and everything, you know? So, and that's another reason I got suspicious. I'm like, who's the one guy that has this information? Like the one guy who sent, like said the warning. I'm like, I don't trust this guy because I think he's the killer. <laughs> Damn bro. If we're ever in a serial killer movie, I, <laughs> I want to be with you. Cause you seem to have your finger on who the fucking guy is. Cause when we did scream five, you also knew who the killers were too. Very late. But I, uh, something else I liked about this too. Again, I feel like this movie just, it's outgrown its roots in a positive way. Like I love that they changed the setting. That we went to New oh, York. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, that was a fresh. I like. I and that, it defines the certain characters because remember when they kick a uh, the cute they kick cute boy out. Um, yeah. They said like, yeah, you can't come. You're not Woodsboro. Like I was like, oh shit. Okay, they're drawing a hard line in the sand here. Like, yeah. you're you're not a part of the core four. Therefore, you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot. Uh, dude, I love how they they are absolutely spoofing the Justice League meme with that. They are hundred <laughs> percent are. You remember a couple months ago we did an episode and we were talking about um we were talking about the DC buyout and everything or the Warner Brothers buyout and they said that one of the most unsubstantiated cla claims and it became a meme on Twitter was that um James Gunn was going to be keeping the core four and it was Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman and Aquaman and the the top like hit tweet on that was retweeted and just goes who the fuck is the core four and in this yeah. movie <laughs> they make it a big point to reference that multiple times because they call the four characters the core four but they also talk about how ridiculous of a statement that is and how stupid it is to say something like that out loud unsubstantiated because yeah. uh, eventually that all those characters end up not they don't suffer a grim fate but dude that one guy Chad, I was accept. Dude. I want this to become the new bit now, where he's just like, okay, he, he just, got shot in the face. He's the he's Kenny, dead, right? He's the Kenny, and then he of gets wheeled out movies. into the ambulance at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's alive, yeah, dude. He got his head cut off. Like, yeah. huh? <laughs> uh, he's just, I got a question for you guys. As a the movie takes place in New York, and as guys who live up near that area, how did you feel about the representation of of New York City? 
It, people get murdered in New York every day. Just like on a subway. Don't you yeah. watch Fox like, News? Yeah, people you, are getting murdered all the <laughs> yeah, time, like every that. day. Just turn on, turn. it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Like, that's, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's nice because, like, um, we've been talking about this recently, about how, like, the housing market's fucked up and where would we want to move to and everything. And really, honestly, the thing is, like, I don't want to move out of this area because... As far as I'm concerned, the center of capital and culture is literally 45 minutes, not closer than that. I think it only takes us 40 minutes to get into the city now on a good day um, is like is right across the bridge. You know what I mean? Like we have TV, film, theater. We have finance, uh, uh, other stuff. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right there. Not only like you can just go into the city, see a show, get dinner, hang out. There's all these you know, all these beautiful sights to be seen. And they, they highlight a lot of that in the movie. I do. They go to Washington square park at one scene. Right. And I also okay. believe, um, they, they shot in a couple places that are right outside of NYU. You know what I mean? Like, cause they needed that college vibe. Uh, cause that's, you know, the whole thing is cause like the, the whole connection between, uh, I have something like that at the Easter eggs, the whole connection yeah. between general Ortega's character and the, uh, the stuff in two with Sarah Michelle Geller. So, I mean, it's not, and it just, it just dawned on me that it's like, oh yeah, they like, this is, this is a mat, like regardless of the fact that it smells like shit, it, uh, it's nasty and grimy in some places. And like, it's an absolute hellscape to travel on a bad day. If you take a car in there, uh, it's still beautiful and that's what gives it its charm. And that's why it's desirable to be there and why people like people vacation, they're like, "Yeah, we're going to Manhattan for a week." I'm like, "What are you doing?" I don't understand. <laughs> you know, do that. like, um, I mean, even yesterday, you were just there yesterday. You know, it, like the city has yeah. a certain charm to it. It's it's undeniable. Yeah, like you said, it's nice to be able to uh, just catch the train, go up and see a Broadway show. It's you know, I can't speak to how it was presented in the movie. Didn't see it, but uh, it looks I'm like sure it was great. <laughs> it looks like New York. It's, it's yeah. it looks like it looks like the village, honestly, yep. in some places. So I do have some. Uh, I have a list of Easter eggs here. If you want me, I'll just rifle through them real quick. You know, if that's what you're, uh, if that's what you're into. So Scream yeah. Six immediately takes on uh, the same vibe as Jason Takes Manhattan. It's also playing yep. on the television. Uh, yes, it is. I can't remember what scene, but I know it. Oh, uh, in the it apartment the in the beginning. Yeah, that was the opening. Yeah. Also, there's a hundred Easter eggs. Last podcast on the left has a poster in there. Ice Nine yeah. Kills has a flyer in there. It's all horror related stuff. It's good stuff. Um, there is a scene where there's a character at a Halloween party dressed up as Wednesday that interacts with Jenna Ortega. Obviously, that's yeah. a nod to her star turning role in that show. Um, Jenna Ortega's character is rushing the same fraternity that Sarah Michelle Geller's character was in in the first scream that I mean the second scream that she gets murdered in. Remember that she gets thrown off the balcony. Yeah. Um they're eating Jiffy Pop in the apartment uh when they first one. are hanging out. That's good. Um let's see. Gail gets punched in the face again. Of course outside yeah. of the police station. <laughs> Uh, the, let's see, the legacy character deaths in movie franchises, you know, the whole requel monologue about legacy characters dying. I, you know, specifically with Luke Skywalker, um, there was that lady from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, she's you, not one of those people. Sorry, she's guys. not, she's not, <laughs> she isn't. I, she's not, but they, that's what they're spoofing in that. 
And um, truthfully, I think they were going to kill Gale off until the very last minute. You know what I mean? I think it, that was the level of like too expected where everyone's like, she's going to die in this. That's the rules for legacy yeah. you know, movies. And that's why they're that's I think the only reason she is alive is because we thought she was going to die. Obviously, the ghost face mass of killers past. That's the whole thing with this movie is like they're building up like legacy and everything. And every time there's a kill of a major character, the killers leave a mask of a previous killer from the old movies. So it's like they're counting down from six all the way to the original two. And that was, that's why you're thinking the entire time. Well, it's gotta be Stu. Cause he's like, I'm the original, yeah. you know? Um, I thought for a second that the dad was the, was Stu's dad in this movie, to be clear. I thought that was, cause remember it's the oh, famous yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. My parents are going to be so bad. <laughs> I thought be it'd so be his parents. And that's the bit. Dude, I'm I, like, I thought that'd up. be freaking great. But I no, crack up so hard at the line. You know, no reason to hit me with <laughs> the phone. Uh, <laughs> Kirby and Gail's tension from Scream 4 all extends all the way into this one. It was good to see that they did not that. drop that pretext. Um, Dewey's theme music gets played at one point when they're uh, yeah. when they're looking at his uh, his memorabilia. You know, because that was cool, dude. That would be sick to see, like that that shrine that they built to all the Ghostface, all the all the people who have been attacked or murdered by Ghostface, all their memorabilia, all their um, yeah, all the knives. Like, remember Sam takes Billy's knife and he's like, "Good choice," you know, uh, yeah, when she goes to defend I herself. That, though. that was hype. Um, right here, the Ghostface shrine. So the the Ghostface robes from the past nine killers. Um, the out the outfits that the past Ghostface killers died in. The outfits of various victims dead and alive, the crime scene photos, drawings of past victims, the TV that caused, quote, Stu's death in Scream, uh, the yeah. rope swing that Casey was tied to, which I couldn't believe that. I was like, damn, how'd they even get that? Um, the garage door that killed Tatum, uh, <laughs> Kenny's cameras, set pieces yeah. uh, from the Greek play in Scream 2, the fax machine from Scream 3. And the knife Charlie used to stab Kirby in Scream 4, because remember, she also gets stabbed in the same spot with that knife later on. Yeah. Um, Kirby and Mindy, they bond over horror movies, which I thought was a nice touch. Once again, there's that. They're lot. What was the conversation they had? They had Psycho 2 is underrated. Uh, yeah, what was that, it? Can, uh, Candyman, the requel or yeah, the original? And they like said both. both. I'm like, yeah. that was great. Which I, I would agree that. with. I like both of those movies equally. I yeah. think they're both great. Um. Randy's van death from Scream 2, they reference. Uh, which yeah. also another tell is in that scene when they go to get in the car. Uh, remember, he's like, you can't steal a cop car. Don't steal the cop. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, and eventually they just take it. It's like, no, he would take them there if he wanted to stop it. Um, exactly. Gail's New York City address uh, is the sixth, uh, West 69th is the nod to the 1996 original release of the movie. Um, oh, all yeah. the hall, the horror Halloween costumes, which they have a list. Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Pinhead, Freddy Krueger, Pennywise, the M Midsummer Girl, uh, Grace yeah. from Ready or Not, which she's in the movie. <laughs> That's uh, what, dude. I I was like, this movie is about to like turn in on itself. Yeah, like, they had the actress and they had the costume for it. It was crazy. Grady twins from The Shining, the Babadook, the Tethered from Us, the Girl from the Ring, Sam for Trick or Treat, the Wolf Mask from Creep, and Chucky from Child's Play are all. They all make appearances. And, and then, my personal favorite, there's a guy dressed up as Mojo Jojo. Yes, <laughs> I did see that. Yes. Who's the voice of that's uh that's Ghostface's voice. He voiced that guy. Oh yeah. Oh really? Uh, let me make sure I'm not full of crap. But yes, that's 
Ghostface turns out it was the, the uncle of, of the guy. Uh, it's the uncle of the guy. Yeah, goddamn, AJ, get it together now. Um, so then, um, while you're looking that up, in true Scream fashion, the number one Easter egg in this movie is a hundred percent the TV that quote killed Stu kills the final killer, or, or yep. at least the brother. Uh, the first, you know, he's the first one to go. So, like I said, a lot of Easter eggs to to throw up right at top. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, especially Roger Jackson is the voice of Mojo Jojo and Ghostface. So yeah, gonna... he does such a good menacing performance. I wonder what AI they're going to get to replace him with uh, in the future, just like James Earl Jones. You know, <sighs> man, I don't know. I hope he gets a paycheck for the rest of his life about that. He man. should. He should. You and know, his when... afterlife and his his children yeah. as well. All right. Well, I mean that I don't have too much anything anything left to say. What about you, AJ? You got anything? I mean, not really. Besides, it's it's great, and positive word of mouth is doing wonders for this movie. So I'm imagining it'll have a big fat weekend this weekend. Too. Good. I and hope then after this drops, there's gonna be a ton of people flooding the theater. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. They got the press any keys. Good uh, word of blessing. Let's go. Good. good. That's what I'm saying. Is like, uh, it's a great it's a great movie for Scream fans, and that's all they need to focus on right now. Um, all right. So with that said, uh, you want to hit the song there, big guy. Oh, I'm glad you got. I'm glad you got this. I, I wasn't do. sure. Give me one second um, before, because I want to try to get AJ in this shot. So while uh, while I'm working on this, AJ, do you want to just uh, tell us a bit, um, you know, but like plug plug uh, genre geeks or anything coming up, or you know, just give me some time. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, genre geeks. We're a nerdy podcast, uh, similar to Press Any Key in terms that we cover nerdy pop culture and we do occasional focus on specific things like movies uh we just recorded an episode with ryan covering creed 3 that'll be dropping uh at the time of recording tomorrow and we're going to be covering scream 6 with ryan again uh tomorrow <laughs> i was under because to be clear i'll out myself i was under the impression we were having pat on our show i could go scream. i'll go uh i think i got rehearsal tomorrow but I that's I was so funny that when you cleared that up, I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, that's actually a breath of fresh air a little bit that I, I just have to be the guest. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to host. Yeah, no. But yeah, we'll be covering that with him. I listened and, to our uh, episode yeah. that we did about Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, so that was a good time. And then I tr I tried to re-listen to the one about um X and you guys just smoke me the entire time. So I was like, you oh, know what? I'm good on this. <laughs> that's Matt, dude. Matt's a friggin he's a sni he's a sniper rifle, dude. Uh. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be getting back soon. Right now we're focusing on generally movies to get us back into the flow of recording, and then hopefully we'll be getting back to our normal main releases uh, after that. So stay tuned. We're definitely get ready for John Wick 4. That's a big thing on our show that we're even going to get Darren on to, to cover that because I, John Wick is near and dear to the genre geek's heart. Are you going to see 65? I don't know. <laughs> I, apparently, like, I A part of me wants it. I'm like, oh, big dumb dinosaur, yay. But then, like the even the people that are also like, "Yay, big dumb dinosaur!" Like the movie's fine. I'm like, "Oh, I saw really? I saw a tweet that said, from now on, we judge all dinosaur movies of is it better than Jurassic World Dominion?" And surprisingly, <laughs> this is. <laughs> um, all right, well, it's a low bar, but sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely not a high, um, a high bar to clear. You know what I mean? I'll see that before I see Shazam two. Yo, what's the deal? Why is everybody shitting on Shazam two? Because I'm out. I'm out of it. It didn't look good. It's I don't like Zachary Levi personally, but also it, it's like, is this movie going to matter? In like They said it's going like to matter. Year? Did you, All right. Did you not watch the video that James Gunn put out? 
yeah, I've watched part of it. The what, first or, yeah, thing he says it. is that Shazam has existed in its own corner of the DC <laughs> universe. So it doesn't matter. So it, no, and then he said, so that that is easy for us to fold into our future plans. So that will the so those characters and those stories are still a part of what our ten year plan is. That's his nice way of saying, like, because it doesn't matter at all, we could make it matter. Exactly. Or not. I don't care. I don't I don't like their take of Shazam first off. I just it's it's a horrible version of Shazam. Oh, I don't like them trying like having him floss was like the that was the bullet that killed it for me. Where I'm That's like, like uh, in Black now. Panther with the what are those joke. I was like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm like, stay out of that. Stay out of that lane. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm just I, not excited for I it. have AJ up, so if we want to jump into the clip. You gotta switch to uh Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to multitask. Yeah, yeah. It's you're, okay. You're, you're doing you're a fantastic yeah. job, man. Yeah, good like, job. Give it everybody right. get up for Nick right now. Oh, it's thank just you. the two of us. Oh wow, there he is. He's in there. <laughs> there we go. All, All right. right. I haven't seen this. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa, Did it just become Ghost Rider? What the what fuck? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Did it become Ghost Rider? What happened? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I think he's pouring a beer on there. <laughs> yeah, palm full of dirt. Yo, That'll I do, I do fire. love, I do love the the initial approach to this where he just drives <laughs> off into the sunset and you see a fireball around the, the walls just glow yeah, orange yeah, for yeah. those of you listening a motorcycle goes down the street and as soon as it passes out of view the buildings are illuminated orange oh dude look look you see the moment it's it like right second, there yeah, yeah. The frame <laughs> right there <laughs> that's when he knew he was fucked <laughs> Oh Spirit man! Of vengeance took him. See, you know that. <laughs> Spirit of vengeance. <laughs> See, you know that's the unfortunate part about this one. It's like this is not like my favorite clip of the weeks is like you know play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know what I mean? Sure. Whereas this is not play stupid games. Play. This is a couple of guys hanging out, just like having a good time. You know exactly. Just being part of the good. And like the funny part is too is that like I don't know. Um, you can kind of see in the silhouette here. Like, okay, see it catches <laughs> on fire, right? And he's still riding it. So he's clearly still riding a flaming chopper till it gets a certain point. Cause watch the wall. Look at the shadow. You see yep. him get yep. off. Oh shit. Oh shit. So like he definitely had hope in his heart to be like, Oh, no problem. Like this will go out soon. It won't be an issue. <laughs> I like how everybody rushes to help. Good on them. Right. Conradery. Yeah. Who knows? I don't None even, of that, like, hey, we probably shouldn't be standing next to the burning engine with we gasoline even... and stuff. Instead, they're like, let's throw piles of dirt. That'll mm -hmm. extinguish it. Piles of dirt and a little sprinkle of beer. Little no problem. Look at that. Put some tussing on it. Be no yep. problem. No problem at all. We don't even know if these guys are friends with the guy on the motorcycle. That's they might true. have just been like, we're here to help. Don't you want to be a good citizen? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? I'm like, oh, I'd probably stand a little bit clear. I feel like if it's yeah. already popped that much, a bigger explosion's waiting. Exactly. I mean, it it depends. If I had a fire extinguisher and this was one of my friends and it was their prized possession, I got you. If it's some I'm guy, I'm grabbing my friend and yanking him yeah, away. If it's some guy on the street that I don't know and they're just throwing piles of dirt, it's like, hey man, <laughs> you, you just call the insurance company because it's over. 
Like it, it, you know, this is what this is what you have. Uh, what what is that insurance called? Uh, the um oh uh, the general. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm t- uh, it's the one that it's the it's the insurance where if you if you fuck up your vehicle that's more than it's worth, they'll pay you out. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, this is this is exactly one of those times that you should have that. Uh, so with that said, um, I think we're good. I think we got it in the bag, huh? I think so. All right. Uh, all thanks right. so much to everybody for che- uh, checking out this episode of Press Any Key. Once again, you can find us on all social media at pressanykey.tv. Don't forget to check out our Discord. Um, we're, we'll we'll keep the link for that in yep. the in the description. Thank you very much to our guests for this week, AJ from Genre Geeks. Once again, AJ, if there's anything you want to plug, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, do all the social media stuff to us too at Genre Geeks. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And Pat, and- we're gonna have you on again very soon. Yeah. Gotta let you, you, you have your pick, man. Send me a message of any movies and stuff coming out. Yeah, we'll set something up for sure. Just, it's got to be something that... Shazam too. It's got to it. be... Yeah, yeah. It's got to be something that they don't want to see <laughs> because I'll see it regardless. You know what I mean? So Fair game. Um, sure. So, yeah, with that said, we will see you... Uh, We'll see you next week for um, we're doing a full spoilerific recap of the first season of The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. All wow. nine episodes, which, by the way, uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, right now. Right yeah. now. So uh, we'll see you then. Bye bye.